October 27th was the Halloween spooktacular. It was a Lone Star Tech Stravaganza. Wow. Those are both phrases and words we need to coin. The, we, the <laughs> trademark those. Those are incredible. <laughs> yes, it was it's so much fun. If you were there, you know. It was a packed house. We had so many laughs, great grievances, some... Uh, Heather made a PowerPoint is what it's getting down to. And I knew of some of the pictures. I did not know of all of them. And I always love to be surprised. And um, sh- there were some real gems in there. Thank you so much. I spent a lot of time in the, on my photoshopping skills that I remembered from middle school. So we have well, pictures of paid new cryptids, old cryptids, cryptids you've never heard of before that we had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. We also talk about the ghost of the Texas theater, its relation to JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald and the arrest there. We pull out the ghost log of the Texas theater, which is a handwritten notebook from employees and visitors who have had ghastly experiences and read one from just days before mm-hmm. we were there. The day before. Yes, we discuss also the sexiest ghost house I've ever heard of that we'd like to go to Mm -hmm. where the ghosts just they hit on you. It's what'd you say? It's Outback Steakhouse. There's no rules. (laughs) You and those ghosts just go at it. We all want to be, uh, you know, have our egos stroked a bit by a ghost. So these ghosts will stroke something else. They'll stroke something else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we talked about one of the criminals that I think will go down in the Sinisterhood Hall of Fame is somebody that we love. We heard people screaming justice in the audience. We were amused. We were inspired. We all got choked up a little there at the end. So it covered everything. Mm -hmm. Conspiracies, cryptids, sexy ghosts, a true crime, JFK. You know, we had to talk about JFK. And if you missed this live show at the Texas Theater, don't worry about it. Don't let FOMO get you. The Moment is available to stream now through this Sunday, November 6th. Head to moment.co slash sinisterhood. You get to watch the replay on demand, but it's only for a limited time, only for this week. Mm-hmm. This and, well, and also, this episode is not going to be released on our main feed. So the only way to catch the show and buy the limited edition t-shirt is through Moment. That's moment.co slash sinisterhood to watch the replay now through November 6th. Chicago is home to 200 vibrant neighborhoods, each with its own personality and history. This Chi-Town legend created one where there was only sand, water, and swamp. Where there's lakefront property, there's always greedy people eager to get their hands on it. But what they didn't know was just who they were messing with. This week's episode is The Curse of Captain Streeter. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinister This live show from Chicago was captured. That's right. And it's one of, honestly, might be one of my favorite live shows we've ever had. It has a fun character at the center. We had interpreters on yes, each side of us. Yes, this was the one with interpreters. They added a whole new element to the show in more ways than one. It was fantastic. It was so good and uh, very fun to include them as part of it and be inclusive for those in the audience that it mm-hmm. helped. Uh, so we love doing that and being as uh, inclusive as possible, especially on a subject like this, because Kevin Streeter and his, his wife and his uh, 
folks that took up residence in his little hovel, his little neighborhood. Yeah, this was a fun one. It was a packed house. Zany's was a great venue to play. The interpreters gave us, um, we had sign names, so they didn't have to fingerspell our names out each time. And that was really fun to come up with those with them beforehand that was based on our personalities and stuff. Yeah, it was a great time. And I like I said, I love this subject. It's one of those where you hear the word Streeterville. Like if you've been to Chicago, you know, that's kind of a bougie area that's near the it's near downtown. And it's a little bit further north of downtown. And it um it's become an extremely valuable, wealthy area of the city. But knowing now that that's wasn't even a city, it was just water, it was nothingness. And to have a person just say, you know what, God damn it, there's a bunch of, there's bricks, there's wood, it will now be ground, and Wasn't I will be king. Wasn't there trash? Didn't he use a lot of trash oh, yeah. to build up this well, island? Yeah. This the city burned down, and what they were like, what do we do with all this garbage? And you love to see someone who's like, I have an Recycled. idea. He upcycled it. He upcycled Into it. a city, the ultimate upcycling. That's right. We've never seen an upcycling it before or since, as honestly as valuable as this is mm-hmm. and we see that when you get something valuable things break out in a little bit of violence but he's a, a fun character and we had so much fun with folks in the audience with the grievances at the end i believe this is the show i was gifted a white sock shirt that's right yes so, which i proudly donned uh as uh, i'm i've got no allegiance <laughs> i'll switch sides <laughs> uh yeah there were some booze from the audience uh <laughs> They didn't. They didn't like that. But I know that I used to live there. I know you can't win if you like the Cubs. Half the people hate you. If you like the Sox, the other half the people hate you. Here's the thing. Oh, uh, Rangers, really, in theory, is what I, yeah. I root for. And even then, I go for the hot dogs so. <laughs> and the nachos. I believe this is also the show where your old stew pot was an insult that um, was thrown <laughs> out, which is very fun. I love it's an insult one. that's like really burns you but there's no curse words but for some reason you're like fuck that hurt like oh rude because you just imagine you're like you know what an old stew pot looks like we all know what that looks like (laughs) so then if you're like that's what i am (laughs) it hurts stew pots are full of stew and i don't want to be full of stew no like a dirty garbage bag full of stew and Mm -hmm. she there's also using um hot water as a weapon we love to see a uh, feisty wife who's not going to be she's she wasn't going to be caught uh, sleeping literally in the night. You know what? If someone comes onto your garbage kingdom that you've created and tries to infiltrate it. You got to defend yourself. And if you have a bucket of water, I say that's how you do it. it. One <laughs> man's it. trash is another man's treasure. But uh, she said, nope, this is my treasure. Yeah, and my like, trash. Not today. It's all of those <laughs> things in one. We talked a lot about fat cats. Yeah. Not the actual cat, but meow. people of wealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you see, and and Captain Streeter was for you know he a man of of the time, but also quite progressive in pointing out that there was really two types of justice back then. That mm-hmm. if you were wealthy, you could kind of pay off the judges and kind of get the justice that was uh you know more fair, not fair, but you know more favorable. And then for him who had no money, he was getting arrested. His friends were getting arrested, and he was saying. If I would have donated a lot of money to these judges, I don't mm-hmm. think I would be getting the same treatment. It was like, okay, he was pointing this out a hundred years ago. Guess what hasn't changed? Streeterville's changed a lot, but that part of it, not so much. Yeah, he he called it though. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting slash sad to see parallels of things. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. discussed wrongful convictions in mm-hmm. the early 1900s. So 
things are a lot more well known now because of technology, but that doesn't mean that that didn't still go on long before cell phones came around where you could video anything that was going down and post it on TikTok. Oh, exactly. And and having enough witnesses around to go, no, the police really did come in and do this. And mm-hmm. they really did break their own laws, break their own rules doing it. And yeah, we have wrongful convictions. This has everything. This has a, a wacky character at the center of things. There's a murder, wrongful conviction. Love that cannot even be torn apart by intruders. True, true love. And a shitload of animals, a boat that <laughs> sunk, but not really. It's uh, one of our, uh, this is this to me, it's like a quintessential sinisterhood topic that it's just kind of weird, weird justice, love, and a lot of laughs, honestly. <laughs> and it ticks all the boxes. It and then we it. had some great grievances. It was a, a super fun time. We you know, I don't know if everyone incorporates their interpreters and just on the spots, like, tell us how you sign. And then just a slew of filthy things. And they <laughs> were loving it. They were more than happy to oblige. We talked to them about it beforehand. So mm-hmm. they they knew kind of what to expect. But it was uh, it was incredible. And then our dear listener that had requested them, we also got to meet in the meet and greet, and they have microtia, and they had reached out to me before, so it was awesome to be able to put a face to the name, and they were so very nice and gave Simon and Ella some gifts, and they made Simon little stickers to put on his hearing aid to decorate it, so there, there's some Christmas, Halloween, so... He can have a little uh, decoration, whatever the season is or whatever he's feeling and everything. And they wrote a card and on the front spelled everything out. They drew uh, signs with hand and hands and fingers are very hard to draw. And they did an excellent job and it said something to Simon. So it was very sweet and to, to meet them and just know that there's other people out there just like him and they're doing great. And yeah, coming to our shows. And making the connection and bringing it all full circle. Mm-hmm. And so now Simon's going to look on point because it's November has begun. So it's Christmas season now. Yeah. But yeah, it was according to Target, it was Christmas season two months ago. And I was like, <laughs> good. Let us get through Halloween, please. We're getting drug into it. Well, uh, thanks to our listeners. Thanks to our interpreters. Thanks to Zany. And I am actually going to have to sign off now because I got to go get writing on the pilot script for our Captain Streeter sitcom that we want to produce because we definitely mapped it out in this episode. I feel, isn't he the one that we were like, if we were going to do an Our Flag Means Death style show, it would be about this character? Yes, and it would yeah. be amazing. And I called dibs on it. So, <laughs> Well, HBO, <laughs> if you're listening, we'd love a follow-up. <laughs> I think we already know who's going to play him. Didn't we decide who was going to play him? Oh, we we go through full casting, so y'all have to listen and tune in to hear our casting. Yes. Because first you have to listen to the whole episode, hear his whole personality, and then you can participate as we all throw out. We were spitballing some ideas for our possible casting, so we'll uh, we'll write the pilot with yeah. him in mind. But yes, if you have a connection at HBO, please <laughs> look us up. Because and that's we to think anybody. Anybody yeah. listening, if you've got a connection to HBO, just shoot us a DM. If you are Taika Waititi or no Taika Waititi, also... Television show aside, I would just love to be friends. So. Uh, yes, I'd love to just say hi. Yeah. Love to get a hug. Yeah, if you are HBO, <laughs> Henry Beauregard Ophelia. That's right, the third. <laughs> <laughs> and please let us know if this sounds like something you want to green light. 
<laughs> Incidentally, Henry Beauregard, Ophelia the Third lived in Streeterville <laughs> originally. Oh, yeah. They're a character, 100%. Yeah. I think they're the mayor. That's right. Well, if you were there, you know how much fun this was, and we hope you enjoy listening back to it again. If you were not, I hope that you feel like you were based on this. I really, I have to say, this probably might be my favorite character we've ever covered. And I say character. He's a human. He's a real person. <laughs> he was person. a real person. <laughs> but my favorite, yeah, that But we've in ever the covered. sense of what a character, he definitely yeah. was that. 100%. Yes. Obviously, we have interpreters on stage, and we have to start off. They just made up a sign for Sinisterhood up in the green room. It's like that's so. We now have our own sign. We're going to show everybody how to do it. Do you remember? I think so. Okay. So, oh, let, oh, this is how they made it up. Here, you're gonna when when we do it, you're gonna sing Sinisterhood. I'm gonna point at you, and then while you sing it, we're gonna sign it to you. All right? And then I'll explain the origin story. All right. So, is everybody ready? <laughs> okay. Sinisterhood. I fucked it up. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is sister. This is sister. And this. And this is sinister, like a devil. And then this is hood. So they combined the sign for sister and devil into this, sinister. You can just do that. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Amazing. I'm so excited. Yes. uh, So we're going to all learn how to sign finger bang tonight. And all sorts of fun things. We can't wait. Take it home to your kids. Um, y'all all know that uh, uh, Simon is is deaf in his right ear, so we will be teaching um, various things from tonight. I, I he's gonna he's gonna be head of the class. So yeah, we're super pumped. It's awesome. Yeah, we're pumped about we're pumped to have our interpreters. Pumped about this topic. Mm-hmm. Love Chicago history, and uh, got to call on some of my old Sea Dog tour days, um, a boat ride tour. Also, this is the second show. Last night was the first show where I held the microphone versus putting it in a thing. And I'm feeling like I'm on the edge of the boat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Game changer. So, yeah, so when we were looking for fun, cool Chicago legends, we uh, we covered Resurrection Mary last night, and then cover, don't moan, because this is fun, too. So, it's still going to be a good time. Uh, But, no, we like this one because we love, one of the things we cover on the road is the history of the place we're in, and we love fucking weird characters who live life by their own rules, and that's this guy. We're two of them. Yes. Yeah. This guy for for sure. So uh, I just realized I have a bunch of shit on my wrist. I meant to take off upstairs. That's why I paused. Uh, one of them is a bracelet my lovely daughter made Aww. me that she wanted me to wear in the road. I'm not taking that off. I'm not a monster. Look <laughs> all the shit I have on my wrist that I meant to take off, including this bracelet for my <laughs> lovely daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, it's gonna be super fun. We had a great day. We went to the zoo. We. And we have some news. Y'all. Y'all. I seen it. I finally saw it. I saw the goddamn polar bear. 
I was uh, once again swindled. I mean, I paid zero dollars to get it. So. But there are signs that say polar bear that way, went that way, no polar bear. They even put up cones and const- uh, caution tape. I was like, what are like y'all there had been a crime. What the fuck? The polar bear got out. They had, it turns out, they had it. <laughs> <laughs> that only happens in the Dallas zoos where the animals break loose. Uh, it's true. Look it up. It's a couple times. They, the, the apes can learn how to use door locks. And that shouldn't shock you because they have thumbs. So the people at the Dallas Zoo were like, oh, we'll just deadbolt it. And they came behind them and we're like, Put them up because they got yeah, fingers. So they can do that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, today I was like, I went right at opening time yesterday. So today we went at closing time. I was like, maybe it's a different time of the day. We crept around. We looked at the water part. Nothing. Rip off. Zero polar bears. Went to the little overlook. Jack shit. Terrible. But... We heard people, and they're like, see it, Daddy, look, Daddy. And I was like, get out of my kid. <laughs> and I clawed my way to the front, and it was not, uh, it was. It looked like it was having a rough day. So, you know, after you've eaten, uh, which there was a half of a carcass, you've eaten something, and then it's hot out, you take a nap outside on accident, and you're just like, oh, oh, breathing heavy. That yeah, yeah, that was just polar yeah. bear. It had a time. It had a buffet earlier of uh, probably fish, and uh, it looked like just beef haunch. Heather goes, why is it brown? I was like, that's dirt. Yeah. It's not a brown polar bear. Uh, <laughs> but we did learn. I typed in polar bear. I said, why is a polar bear brown? And it said, maybe, the Google goes, maybe, did you mean pizzly? Which is polar bear grizzly, not something that you do after you drink too much water on a road trip and there's no roadside stop. It's just, you just a little pizzly on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, the officer's like, what are you doing? You're like, it's just a pizzly. It's a pizzly, but this is a real animal. It is real. Half polar bear, half grizzly bear. It sounds like we made up a cryptid, but we did not. Mm-hmm. It is called a pizzly. And we learned that today. Yes, a pizzly. And it says, happened in both in captivity and in the wild. Yeah. You can't stop love. <laughs> can't stop it. So yeah, we had a great day. It's we been a hell of a day. We saw that bear. And we ate at RJ Grunt's the Up second in. time. Again. Yeah. <laughs> we just keep going back. It was great. Yeah, it was a good day. Yeah. Super fun day. So. We are, uh, we're excited about this topic. Uh, we got a little shout out. Oh, we do. We had a request for a shout out. There's a little... Which normally... Not that we're assholes. We just don't do them. No, we Because, like, then we have 200 shout-outs. And you're like, can you get to the show? And we're like, there's another shout-out. <laughs> Hold but on. This was a special one. Yes. This was Emily and Kyle. Are you guys here? Emily Make and Kyle? Make yourselves known. Hello. <laughs> Emily and Kyle. Are you... We got conflicting stories. Are you currently married or you're finna get married? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tomorrow. we're getting married. The night before you guys are gonna rail on each other. You know what? Yeah. We're gonna get nice. you so warmed up for your what I'm assuming is consummation of your marriage tomorrow. I'm yes. assuming you're both virgins, and tomorrow is the first time you'll experience the other one's flesh. And we are gonna get you primed and ready for this. So it's gonna be a very sexual show. I'm glad we have interpreters. We need to we need to know it two different ways. We gotta know it all the ways. So. Hold on to your butts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, are we ready? Let's do it. All right. I'm Christy. I'm Heather. Let's get into it. George Wellington Streeter was born in Detroit, Michigan, in May of 1837. He was one of 11 children. 
or to William and Catherine Streeter, according to the biography, Captain Streeter Pioneer. Streeter was described by author E.G. Ballard, who met him in person as a small, wiry-looking man with red hair and a mustache and clean-cut features with clear blue eyes which never for an instant wavered in their gaze. (laughs) Though he hailed from a neighboring state, Streeter would go on to become one of Chicago's most venerated characters. And I don't think he had a chance not to be a character because this description is apt. He has this huge mustache, Bigger than his face. I, I imagine him, and I know he did not look like this, but in my head, he's Yosemite Sam. Yeah, close to it. I know he's a real person. He's not a cartoon character. He's Midwest Yosemite Sam. That's yes. actually very, at the end, Yosemite more. Sam. Is that kind of Midwest? That wasn't a very good Midwest accent. <laughs> Sam. 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 How do Midwesterns say Sam? Sam. 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 Yeah. Yosemite Sam. Sam. Have you seen Yosemite Sam with his big red mustache? He's out there collecting garbage. He's making a city. It was more kind of... I don't know what accent that was. I apologize. Yeah. Before landing in the Windy City, Streeter explored various careers. He served as a union captain in the Civil War, then went on to work as a logger, a showman, a mariner, a circus promoter, a Mississippi boat captain, and even a gun runner on a scheme to run weapons to Honduras. You hear that, and you're like, how do you find the time? This is a definition of wearing a lot of hats. He, uh, he, he kind of, you know, I don't know if you can be an expert at all of those, but you can be pretty good at most of them. <laughs> also, if this is the 1800s. This was back when you just show up in a new town and be like, I'm a doctor? And people are like, okay, uh, do you want to cut some people open? And there's like, yeah, and uh, we will prescribe cocaine for everything. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's what the last guy did. So yeah, got people up in the tracks. If you had a leather bag, done. You're good. So that's you need, all you needed. That's maybe a stethoscope, but maybe not. Not necessary. Nah. Really? Yeah. He made a living for a time charging a mission to view his collection of animals, which he showed off at county fairs. According to his biography, there were one bear, two moose, two elk, two deer, two otter, two gray wolves, one black wolf, two lynx, two bobcats, three porcupines, one buffalo calf, two timber badgers, one streaked badger, two raccoons, seven kinds of rabbits, three eagles, five owls, and one horned rooster. And what? You put them all in one way. Yeah. They all are friends. Yeah, I do follow someone on Instagram that this is kind of their setup. And every picture, they are all arranged in like the like all the animals just gather. There's a turkey, there's a pig, there's 18 dogs, and they all just gather like they're all just friends. And that's just at their house? This yeah. is on the road. This no, is the, the yeah. Partridge family version of yes. this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That is bad. And uh, I, again, this he charged tickets to stuff that back then you just go outside and it was there. But what a showman. They'd be like, you want to see a badger? You've never seen a badger like this. But you you can't just go outside and see all of those Not in once. one location. That's gonna, you're going to have to go a lot of places. You'd have to hunt around. No one and has the time. It's like buying a pineapple versus a cut-up pineapple. Exactly. You're paying for the convenience. Come on in. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Just... And I buy, Tommy buys the pineapple, I buy cut up pineapple. There you go. And there's two kinds of people in the world, and that's them. You gotta marry each other. Yeah, you gotta balance each other out. That's for sure. 
In addition to the other creatures, Streeter also advertised a white elephant in his show. But in truth, it was a 1,500-pound white Normandy hog he got from a friend. (laughs) It worked, with Streeter saying, I never heard anybody complain about being disappointed in this little fake. I probably would have just fared as well if I'd have told the truth. He just was charging tickets to see a big hog, and when people went back there... Do you imagine they asked where the trunk I, was? I got questions about the trunk and the ears are the yes. two biggest uh, differences, I think, between a hog and an elephant. The trunk especially. Yes. You're like, the elephant was involved in an accident, and now the trunk is this short. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, he's just like, it's a, a special kind of elephant with a super short trunk. And you're like, that's a hog snout, and I've seen a hog snout. But, but there yeah. were enough people that didn't mind or... Didn't know which is worse. Yeah, I don't know the ubiquitousness of encyclopedias back then. Like how, you know, if every, not like when we were growing up where we had the Funkin' Wagnalls in our house. What if you'd never seen an elephant? Then you wouldn't know know. it wasn't one. No, if you didn't have a picture book, you'd have to take this wacko with a mustache's idea for it. And he's got your two bucks or whatever. So what are you going to argue? Go home, tell your family I spent $2 to see a hog today. They go, we got a hog out back. He's like, not like this one, no. Not all at once. Uh, so yeah, I think you would. Uh, you, like you said, people would just be excited just to see something. What, what were we doing a thing on Patreon the other day where someone had been taught their whole life, or had never were taught that dinosaurs were real? Correct. Yes, that was on Patreon. Their parents had told them they weren't real because they were very scared of Jurassic Park, and somehow, <laughs> until they were twenty-two, <laughs> they were never corrected. But also, what ISD did this occur in? Because, <laughs> or they didn't want to believe it, or they weren't told. But ima- she went. She's yes. It wasn't, mean, it wasn't twenty-two a- years not knowing the dinosaurs were a real thing, and then it was like all these people confessing to things they didn't know were real. What was the other one that was so wild? What kid? His dad was quite hairy, and his cousin said, "Your dad's a werewolf." And the kid goes, "Daddy, are you a werewolf?" And his dad goes, "I don't know. It's a full moon. Watch what happens." And then walked off and didn't say, "Just kidding." And the kid was like, "Oh God!" And was like terrified of full moons. So just tell your kids when it's a joke until they're old enough to mm-hmm. get it. Um, we both didn't know until the last decade that Frontage Road wasn't the name of a road. We like, have in common. Mr. Frontage must have done, or Ms. Frontage, Frontage did something out there to just change the put world. themselves on the map. They changed really, the fucking on world. On every map, because it's in every state. In every city. Yeah, it was very confusing. Yes, or it's a big family, but we both found that out at the same time. I think what we're saying is we'd have paid the $2 to see the hog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Essentially, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. So. In 1886, Streeter constructed his own 35-ton steamboat called the Rutan. He and his wife, Maria, set out with a crew transporting passengers between Chicago and Wisconsin. On one of their return trips from Milwaukee on July 10th, 1886, a bad storm brewed in just as they approached the Chicago coast. Cap steered the vessel and tried to dock safely, but the engine failed. His boat drifted and ran aground on a sandbar near Superior Street, about 450 feet from the shore. And he just, uh, you know, takes a lot to go, I'm going to build a boat. And your wife's like, all right, that's your dream, I guess. This is Dojo Love. It's true, it's true. Heather's talked about Dojo Love. 
do you, 35-ton steamboat, love your husband? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, if he decides, you know what, my true passion is not these animals, and you're like, well, we can't just abandon them, so we're going to take them on the boat, and then you have a real Noah's Ark situation, but then you run aground on the sandbar, and now you've got a zoo. That's right. So you just rebrand yourself. Yeah, they. I think they had ditched the animals by this point, but... It didn't say in his biography where. So, a farm upstate is what I'm going to tell you all. <laughs> like every parent tells their yes. child, while the animal is gone, it went to live on a farm yes. somewhere, and they're much happier to now. To this day, that hog is up on a farm. <laughs> it's got a real crisis, though, because it was raised thinking it was an elephant, and nobody <laughs> has explained to it what's going on. Children's book, The Hog That Wasn't an Elephant. <laughs> there it is. There it is. The boat was too badly damaged to tug and couldn't float. At that point, Streeter said, I decided that this location was to be my home. (laughs) The Great Chicago Fire of 1871 had devastated many areas in downtown Chicago. Even over a decade later, the rebuilding efforts were ongoing. According to WBEZ, most of the area east of Michigan Avenue was also swampland. Streeter convinced con- contractors and excavators to drop materials and lumber in and around the vessel to create a more stable foundation. Little by little, he lifted the boat until it was out of the water and became he and Maria's island home. How everyone wants to start their <laughs> island home on a pile of trash. I, uh, <laughs> I take a lot of umbrage when people call Captain Streeter like a crook or a scoundrel because he literally was recycling. Yeah, if you sure. The, the, 100%. the Chicago History Museum has a whole thing about the fire, and it's, they have chunks of stuff that was drug up from the remains and wreckage of the fire. And it was these big boulders, nails melted together, forks, anything metal pretty much got melted together. You can't do anything with that except for build the foundation for your own city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was recycling before anyone even knew what that was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, soon, Streeter managed to fill all the water between his land and the coast. And with lumber and wreckage, with some of the companies even paying Streeter for the privilege to dump their garbage. In addition to lumber and bricks, he found valuable materials like zinc, copper, and even gold and silver coins. It was like an early day storage wars. Like, you buy it. You don't know what you're getting. Whatever's but, in there. And this is also how I believe the phrase, one man's trash is another one man's treasure, came Absolutely. to be. That's not true. I just made it up. But it could be. It makes sense. I mean, it does. And he said he would take the coins that he found and then go, buy, like, either sell, like, buy his uh, office space to then sell plots of the land. He had an office space. He was legitimate. Uh, or buy other things he might need. So it was, like, self-sustaining. He would get them to pay him. He would also find money in there. And then any expenses, it was just, like... He created his own economy. It was an ecosystem. It yeah. Was fantastic. Yes, it was fantastic. Brilliant. Eventually, his new territory was huge, and according to Streeter, totaled 186 acres. His land stretched from the mouth of the Chicago River over to Oak Street. After selling pieces to interested parties, Streeter claimed sovereignty. He decided that based on an 1821 military surety, he could claim this land as his own. Cap Streeter asserted his service to the Union in the Civil War, taking the land as the homestead to which he was entitled for his military service, According to WBEZ, he made it clear to anyone who asked that he answered only to himself and the federal government. This is his whole theory, is that there was no land, 
I put garbage. Now there is land. It is my land. Is he wrong? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's been vilified. This is a streeter apology tour. Uh, honestly, too, if you read his biography, which it was pretty loose, the guy goes, the author goes, I'm going to sit down with Captain Streeter and get his opinion. This is what he looks like. Here's what he said. And it's just 300 pages of whatever Captain Streeter wanted to say. You don't, you like, don't edit the captain. I was like, this is no, just a transcript. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. But he does. He kind of goes on these rants about how in Chicago at the time it was the it was becoming quickly industrialized and how uh, all of these corporate fat cats are making their money off the backs of the people that were actually down in the trenches working at the stockyards and uh, cutting up all the animal meat, sticking it in the river, letting it flow into the lake where they're eating it. It was also not like a clean area of lakefront that he was claiming. There was a bunch of stinky-ass onions, which is what the swamp land was before it got developed. And then also, the lake was filled with meat chunks. So, yeah. Well, it wasn't the Caymans, is what no. we're saying. No. So, if you want it, if he wants it, it's not like you got people knocking down the door trying no. to get it. Give it to him. Yes. If That's he wants right. to live on Trash Island, let him. Yes, he made it. He was living on Trash Island, and he was abutted on two sides by Stinky Onion Swamp and the Meat Chunk River. So, if you're doing a map, like in elementary school, and you had to create a map, and it was like textured, like a mm-hmm. topography map, that would be fun, is what I was worried about. <laughs> I would like to do Meat Chunk River, Onion Swamp Land, yes, yes. and then Trash Island. That's exactly what That's an A plus at any science fair. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> That's what Ella's doing. We don't live in Chicago. But I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Well, if that wasn't enough for the naysayers, Streeter would present a document allegedly signed by President Grover Cleveland determining that the land was federal land and therefore could be claimed by Streeter. He named his newly created jurisdiction the District of Lake Michigan. But because of his accent, newspapers often quoted him as saying the District of Lake Michigan. (laughs) And that's what it became best known as. He, uh, I think he was on to something, although I get it, you know, whatever, we're supposed to have laws. Uh, yada, yada, yada. It's supposed to have laws. Things get chaotic. It's crazy. Is it so crazy that a man just builds an island? Am I projecting on Captain Streeter? Uh, no, I think... Maybe a little bit. Yeah, with, yeah, I think if you can overturn a law of 50 years, you can claim to own a trash island. Yeah. So, I think... We're all living on Trash Island right now, am I right? I'm not wrong. Yeah, not wrong at all. So I'm trying to build up around it, so I I'll take Meat Chunk River over <laughs> Trash Island right now for sure. But that's what gets me about what what Streeter called those greedy fat cats, because they all of a sudden start seeing well that could have been something to sit. Uh, I don't know, houses that you could charge rent on, on, mm-hmm. and then they want to claim it, and the idea of claiming land, I think, goes back to, like, it's uh, not really any of our land, is it? Mm-hmm. So, he was the only person that genuinely had rights to that land because he made it himself. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody and else other people that. only wanted it after he did all the hard work, and they wanted to swoop in afterwards because they saw it was valuable. That's right. Mm-mm. Nope. Do you relate to this accent issue? <laughs> What, oh, like that they had to phonetically spell the way he spoke? <laughs> yes, yes. That, that perhaps we say things one way and then people say, what are you saying? And we think, in fact, what was the last night? 
He said, we don't have time to skilly-scally tomorrow. We got to be shilly 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 And what is that? Is that like dilly-dally? Like dilly-dally's less stupid than shilly-shally. <laughs> shilly-shally. Shilly-shally? Shilly-shally. Yeah. And then, we're, and then Heather goes, it's like, we say catty corner, but some people say kitty corner. <laughs> and then Leanne said, I say kitty corner. <laughs> we're oh. like... What's wrong with you? Just kidding. We're very inclusive. We can all talk however we want. We don't care. But uh, I said I can't talk shit about anybody's accent because I say orange, 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 pinch. So. Yep, yep. So yeah, if you're gonna we live on Orange Island, everyone's like, I don't know where that is. You have to have someone change the name of the spelling of yes. orange so everybody knows what you're talking about. Well, and shout out to Chicago Now who wrote about us and said, they Heather are? described Christy in her lyrical Texas drawl <laughs> and we were walking up. My friend Susie who's here tonight went to a college together. She goes, I said, they said I had a lyrical Texas drawl. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and? And I was like, all right. All right. It was accurate. What a poetic way to describe how you speak, though. I think it's Best description I've ever I love it. Wasn't, it. This this yokel chewed the words as she spoke of her beloved best friend. It was in her Texas. Nobody can. I can even understand this hillbilly as she tried to talk about her co-host. This no, it was very John nice. Does. Yes. <laughs> it no, was uh, nice. it was very nice. But yeah, then I read it out loud. I was like, Christy was the funniest. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. Just picked up Buff from the doggy daycare. And what do I hear every single time? We love her so much. She's so sweet. Aww. She's amazing. Meanwhile, Goose can't go to doggy daycare because they're like, we would prefer based upon her <laughs> attitude that she does not return. She's so it's good to know not why. somebody that, you know, gets along with all the other dogs. So no, that's not okay. Not well, all. it's holiday season. So maybe Goose wants to get on that nice list. Maybe she'll start behaving but at the very least, at least you know what she is. So when Santa comes a-calling, you can be like, she definitely gets a sack of coal. I'm like, Santa, she's a chihuahua minpin. You got to know. And he's like, oh, it's okay. No worries. <laughs> right up top, we'd like to thank EmbarkVet.com for supporting Sinisterhood. Go to EmbarkVet.com to get free shipping and save $60 with promo code CREEPY. Do you want to give the perfect gift for the dog lover in your life this holiday season? will gift them with an Embark Dog DNA test, the most accurate dog DNA test on the market. Knowing your dog better can mean more holidays together. Embark is the provider of the highest rated dog DNA test on the market. They screen for more than 215 genetic health risks across 350 breeds. That is more breeds tested than any other dog DNA test. So how does it all work? It's super simple. You just swab your pup's cheek, mail the sample back in the provided prepaid return envelope. And in just a few weeks, you get your dog's results and you'll be ready. Plus, Embark can help you and your vet put together a personalized care plan for your dog. My favorite part of using Embark was just how easy it was. They just took the swab right in their mouth. It was no big deal. Mailed it off. Boom, bam, done. And it was extremely thorough results. And Buffy, I was misled into thinking she was a hound dog. Turns out she's a pit bull, which I'm fine. I love her. I just want to know what she is she's so I can take like care Kate. of her. 96%. Pitbull is what Kate is. Our suspicions were confirmed. Yeah, it was super simple. And um, wham, bam, like you said. Thank you, ma'am. 
perfect and easy. 72% of pup parents are puzzled when it comes to their dog's breed. It's time to end these guessing games. This holiday season, give the dog lover in your life something they won't expect, the chance to decode their dog. It's the perfect time to shop for an Embark dog DNA test. Right now, Embark has a limited time offer on their breed and health kit and purebred kit for our listeners. Go to EmbarkVet.com to get free shipping and save $60 with promo code CREEPY. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code CREEPY to save $60 today. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to act from Samuel L. Jackson, improve your tennis skills from Serena Williams, or learn comedy from Steve Martin. He's a good one to learn comedy from. If it's not going to be one of us teaching the (laughs) Masterclass, he's a good one. With over 150 classes from a range of world-class instructors – That thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually only around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, or more. Learn how to write anything from a book or screenplay to just a letter. Learn how to communicate with your boss or your family. How to make dinner worthy of a Michelin star or just make really good scrambled eggs. Whatever you're interested in, there's a class for you. I've taken Aaron Sorkin's class, Shonda Rhimes' class, David Sedaris is my favorite one. Mm -hmm. I re-listen to that one all the time. And I just started Neil Gaiman's class on writing. I saw that and I'm going to start it too. It's so good. And I was at Austin Film Festival this weekend. People were like talking about different writing things. And I was like, well, did you know Neil Gaiman said this and this? And they're like, how do you, where's that quote from? I was like, his master class. Nice. I gave master class to both of my brothers for Christmas last year. And they loved it. And I was – because I wanted some – I like gifts that you can keep enjoying. And the amount of classes that are offered by the top of their tier, these aren't like D-list celebrities offering you advice. It's like you want to know how to manage people? Here's Kris Kardashian. She's going to tell you how you do the whole game. It's incredible. Also, I'm about to take FBI Special Agent John Douglas. He inspired Silence of the Lambs and Mindhunter. He now has a class on there. He takes you into the interrogation room with infamous killers like Manson, John Wayne Gacy. He breaks down all of his applied methods on how he interviewed our most notorious serial killers. And you can use all of the tools that he does to help you understand everyday human behavior. Everybody could benefit from something like this. Yeah, he's amazing. His books are fantastic. And you're right. This is the number one best expert in the field for Mm -hmm. this subject. And Masterclass got him. Yep. Well, I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every class. And as a Sinisterhood listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash creepy now. That's masterclass.com slash creepy for 15% off Masterclass. Well, the locals weren't buying it. At first, Streeter was merely occupying garbage piles that didn't even constitute land. But as his stronghold grew, so did his neighbor's ire. 
This is when Streeter says, A lot of millionaires imagine that the time was right to engineer a conspiracy to rob me of my hard-earned property. Not today, bitches. <laughs> when you look at a man who has a resume like this, he And he looks anything. like Yosemite Sam. First of all, why are you questioning anything? He does not look like Yosemite Sam. I'm going to pull up an actual like- picture... To see what he actually looks like. He looks like Yosemite Sam in a bowler hat and a fine wool coat. Whoa, that's even better than I imagined. He's Captain uptown Yosemite Sam. Oh, we've been on a Billy Joel kick today, so that's Billy nice. Joel. Okay. I a picture in this room was Billy Joel. Turns out it was Richard Lewis. Yeah, so. who knew? <laughs> young Richard Lewis looks like young uh, Billy, Billy Joel. Joel. He does... I am not wrong. If he had long hair, he's Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Yes. 100% that's Yosemite Sam. Yeah. It's Does everybody know who Yosemite Sam is? Okay, yeah. cool. Just, I mean, I thought that was uh, something everyone knew. But then I was like, maybe they don't. I think they do. I think we're good. I don't know. I wish I could take back the last 15 <laughs> seconds of everything I just said. That's why you come to the live shows, you guys. You get to see how this sausage is made on Meat Chunks River. Meat Chunk River. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would eat at a buffet restaurant called Meat Chunk River. I needed to just confess that. I'm sorry. I just needed to confess that. Uh, yep, yeah, me too. Yep, yep. Think about it. You know they've got bomb ass macaroni and cheese. You know they do. And you're like, uh, and then you know that they have like a corporate recipe, but someone back there made it and was like, and that's why that meat chunk river locations macaroni and cheese is so good and your family fights about it you're like you don't get it I'm in my head about this meat chunk (laughs) (laughs) meat chunk river (laughs) anyway if we eat at a place called Golden Corral or what Old Country Buffet y'all have Old Country Buffet OCB Old Country Buffet has a mascot It, it is a bee and someone dresses up in a giant bee costume and walks around. And I lived across from one when I went to UNT. And I, when I, it, my reaction to seeing the OCB was just like Heather's to seeing the polar bear. I had eaten so much shit at this buffet with no bee around. And then one day the bee came out and it was, it had all made, all the diarrhea was worth it. After that, after I saw that bee. He was so cute. <laughs> God, more buffets need mascots that come out in, in their filthy costumes and everybody takes pictures with them. stink like barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Kids love it. New residents to the area called colloquially Streeterville built shanties and makeshift shacks on the newly created land Streeter sold them. Though some of the angry Chicagoans called him a squatter and called for his removal from their land, Streeter's point was, None of them had any vestige of claim to a particle of land I built up from the sea. <laughs> He's not wrong I'm about saying, any of this. No, I'm saying, you can't go, well, I on the land and then the water out to this far, although, you know, motherfucker would try to do that. Everybody's this is like to... a startup that nobody wants to back, and then all of a sudden it's Google, and everyone's like, oh, all I would like in. It's like, where were you from the beginning? Mm-mm. Or they're like, I didn't oh, believe in me. I was there, remember? I need I need uh, some percentage of shares. No, it was Streeter, by, and Maria. They were working on themselves. Ryder dies. Mm-hmm. Dude, she was. By the time he completed his settlement, the city of Chicago had instituted laws against self-help evictions. This meant anyone claiming the rights to the land could simply go and violently remove Streeter from the area. No, they couldn't. 
they couldn't do that. <laughs> it, there was a gasp, and I internally also gasped. <laughs> because somehow, when I was reading this earlier, I did miss that line. Uh, so I was surprised, but it turns out we were all wrong. I was wrong, and then I gave y'all false information. He couldn't go, no one could do that, so don't worry. <laughs> Instead, they were forced to go to court and prove their ownership. The issue? The land had been created by Streeter himself, so no land records existed. This didn't stop money-hungry foes from trying to have him forcibly removed. You, you know, it's kind of like anything. You have what you're not supposed to do, and then you just have rich people doing it anyway. Mm. So... But if he's also making his land, he can make any documents. I mean, he's making the rules. Oh, yeah. He's got his own government. He put up a fence around it. People would have to. People are trying to come over and get all your shit. It's exclusive. Mm -hmm. He's like, this garbage pile, you gotta get admission to get it. You gotta be invited (laughs) to my garbage pile. N.B. Fairbank, a wealthy industrialist, may have been the first to attempt an ouster. According to the Tribune, he obtained a court order and headed to the area to eject its residents. As one could expect, the good captain did not respond kindly. According to the Tribune, he met Fairbank's eviction demand with a shotgun full of buckshot. Fairbank got away unharmed, but soon he and everyone nearby learned ousting the residents of the District of Lake Michigan would not be easy. And if we would have included the lengthy rants against the corrupt judiciary <laughs> that old Streeter went on, we'd be here till next Thursday. Half the book was just like, they're all on the payroll. This is all a scam. And you're like, you're a little paranoid. And then you go, oh, no, you were right. <laughs> and then it, maybe it is all a sham. And this was like 1914. He said all this. Surely we've come a long way in 2022, right? Oh, God. Well, like, if you only knew We're all on Trash Island still. Not much has changed. Well, instead, the angry, wealthy neighbors tried sending private detectives to attack Streeter. These instances caused many run-ins with the law, leaving Streeter charged with assault, unlawful assembly, rioting, disorderly conduct, and malicious trespass. In all cases, the charges never stuck. The captain was repeatedly acquitted, especially after he proved time and again his actions were in defense of himself and his self-made property. They would come and fuck with him. And then when and he they would found respond, out, you yes, they fuck fu- around with Streeter. They found out, and then they would just go, well, we gotta arrest you. And he was like, I was asleep. I wasn't even doing anything. No. They're causing a lot of red tape for him. Yes. According to the casebook of the curious and true, Maria, Streeter's wife, was also not afraid to defend their homestead. One night when Maria was alone in the house, she heard the shuffling steps of an unknown and unwelcome visitor. It turns out to be a a policeman, believing he could oust the vulnerable woman while she was alone. Feeling brave, he shouted at her, Come on down, you old stew pot! Fuck off. That's such a burn that I've never even heard. You can't go around calling folks stew Stew pot. An old too. Old stew pot. Rusted, filled with stuff probably that came out of Meat Chunk River. 100%. That's how you make the stew. It's like, why would you make your own stew? There's pretty much all the ingredients. You're going to boil them. But yeah, calling a, anybody, Mm -hmm. calling a person a pot. 
is fucked up. It is. It is. <laughs> Maria didn't appreciate the insult or the trespassing. She removed the couple's chamber pot from beside the bed, took it to the stairs where the policeman was ascending, and dumped its filthy contents into the officer's face. <laughs> Pause for applause. (laughs) According to the casebook, she told him, If it's a pot you're looking for, here's one to remember me by. (laughs) Mic drop. She really dropped that pot instead of mic, but pot drop. (laughs) By the time district residents arrived to back Maria up, the policeman had fled, but that wasn't the last time she had a run-in with the authorities. Another time, a horde of officers attempted to breach the couple's door. Not knowing who the adversaries were, Kat began firing birdshot to scare them off while Maria wielded an axe. (laughs) Give him a reality show, you cowards! We gotta see this in action. I would watch a uh, Our Flag Means Death type reimagining of Death Streeter. Dibs, I'm calling Dibs on it right now. Paris, if you're listening, write it. This isn't live. So, I mean, it is, but not like he can't hear it. But, uh, yeah, afterwards, we'll we'll let him know about it, for but, sure. But, yeah, I love it that they're, I mean, it, I love it in that they're uh, united as one, and they want to help She's each other. She's very supportive. But it fucking sucks that they can't even get a good night's sleep. I know. Because you just got to sleep with one hand on your axe, the other hand mm. on your bird shotgun. It's mm-hmm. called a shotgun, not a bird <laughs> But I will point out, too, he was actually pretty kind. He would put the lighter bird shot yes. in it, so it wasn't, he wasn't trying to kill everybody. He was just like... Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. And that was just like a loud, efficient way at the time to do it. Streeter described the scene in the casebook. They broke down the door, and when one of them lunged in, Maria swung at him with an axe. It was a right hot fight for a minute or two. Me pumping birdshot, swinging my gun, Maria cutting at him with the axe. But they soon got enough, and they run out. The couple was arrested for the injuries to the officers. But a jury found their actions justified and acquitted them. Again, freedom. Free the streeters. This is why I have a jury of our peers. They they did say that this jury was made up, quote, of folks rustled up from Saloon Row. (laughs) And I was like, God, also another reality show I would watch. The folks of Saloon Row. A hundred percent. They, that is like real world. What happens? <laughs> Ten strangers from Saloon Row picked to live in a house. They're picked to live in a saloon, not a house. <laughs> or they're picked, they're picked to live on Trash Island. Oh. It's like Love Island, but for Saloon Row. God, I will host this. <laughs> and we will also have a villa, and it will be made out of trash. <laughs> because of the repeated onslaught from private detectives and the city police, Streeter and his wife had to remain on high alert. According to the casebook, Streeter said he and Maria were attacked by five rough-looking bastards with some phony badges on. (laughs) Believing they would easily take down the older Streeter and his wife, the group snuck up on them. However, they got more than they bargained for. According to Streeter, they hadn't figured on Maria. She heard the commotion at the top of the stairs and came with an old shot-off shotgun and filled their pants with birdshot. They left in a mic big wave and hollered to us that they'd be back. I didn't believe them, but we took no chances and we was ready for them. Sure enough, they did come back. We gave them a hot reception. 
Marie and I was in the upstairs, every boiler, pot, and pan was filled to the brim with boiling water. And when they got up to the house, we emptied it on them as fast as we could. <laughs> God, how they hollered. <laughs> they made off pronto, and that was it for the night. <laughs> Just another Thursday with the streeters. <laughs> I mean, who's not tuning into this show? They fucking home along their wrecked boat that they live in. But wait, I I appreciate the uh, DIY aspect of all of this. If you don't have fancy weapons, it doesn't matter. Do you have a pot? Maybe the same old stew pot somebody called you earlier. And you have, they had running water. That's all you need. I think that cop calling her a stew pot was her origin story for her superhero <laughs> name, the stew pot. And she just boils card. water and throws it That's her calling card. She hits everybody with a pot of boiling water. The villains have to come to her, though, because it's hard to carry around. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that's, hard. that's a rough one. That's a rough bit to do if you're a villain. <laughs> Understanding his tenuous claim to what promised to be valuable land, Streeter embarked on a media campaign. According to Chicago Public Media, he positioned himself not as an illegal squatter building an empire from garbage, but instead as a the little guy taking on the big money fat cats. This garnered him a positive image with his fellow Chicagoans, all except the ones who laid claim to the land he was on. Yeah, it seemed like at the time, aside from a handful, he called them the oligarchs that run the city, the millionaire oligarchs. It's all about branding. It was. He was, like, getting ahead of the game. He was. It's like political messaging. And he was ahead of the game. Yes. Political messaging, recycling. He was, uh, he advocated for women's suffrage. He's, uh, he is, he was ahead, he was very progressive in a time when that wasn't even a word. No. <laughs> that word had not been invented. Uh, and he, he definitely, hate, like, was hated by that crew, by the really, really wealthy, but it, average Chicagoans thought he was kind of fun and funny and also maybe didn't have such a great uh, relationship with the government at the time and so especially the more exploited the folks that were working down at the the uh, dock that where you kill the slaughterhouse slaughterhouse. (laughs) well earlier Tommy and I were trying to come up with uh, Upton Sinclair and the book the jungle the jungle and we were like the book about okay the stockyards and it was like a mind group mind exercise and it was like up up dyke upton upton he's like upton sinclair i'm like jungle but and chrissy's like jungle bug i'm like yeah it was a jungle bug. <laughs> i said jungle cruise jungle and cruise. i was like is this what how that came to be yeah and i said that's the ride we need at disneyland <laughs> the uh 1870 chicago jungle cruise mm-hmm. but really it's based on upton sinclair's novel <laughs> and it's horrifying <laughs> Kids would love it. They love it. More than his land, Streeter claimed the angry millionaires were also out for his blood, telling his biographer that his enemies resolved to eliminate me entirely from the scene of action and from this earthly life as well. Streeter became increasingly convinced they were planning to have him executed during one of the now frequent attempts to kick him out of his home. It seems... Like, this is a logical way of thinking. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Your life is constantly being threatened. Eventually, you're like, I think they're trying to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> they keep running It'd up It'd be weird stairs. if he didn't make that connection, I think. <laughs> this may sound like pure paranoia, but Streeter was made aware of at least one assassination attempt. A group of would-be killers made plans as their building's janitor was hidden nearby. He overheard the whole thing 
and according to Streeter, he did not wish them success in their unholy endeavor and soon disclosed their plans to me. I was glad to get the tip and thus be prepared to save my own life. You see, you're nice to people. They do you favors. Mm-hmm. And this, he's working for the, the little guy. And uh, I bet this guy was like, this is the man that speaks to me. Yeah. I'm going to save his life. Then you're getting with Streeter. You can go live on Trash Island. Done. Now you're at the cool kids table. Because that's on Trash Island. And the janitor, I can't imagine that these folks who are willing to assassinate the captain were, like, nice to their janitor. <laughs> Probably not. No. And more, the janitor's like, you know who is nice to everyone? Captain Streeter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want to see him killed. The plan was to attack the settlement at 3 a.m while Streeter and everyone slept. Knowing they were coming, Streeter readied his musket for their approach. They came as planned and were met by a wide-awake captain. The foes exchanged words, and when the mass of invaders attempted to rush Streeter's home, he responded with musket fire. The musket shots were small, leaving BB-sized holes in nearly all the men. Streeter claimed, Never in my life have I seen so many pairs of shoes sticking up in the air at one time as on that occasion. (laughs) Is he talking about dead bodies? I think, to me, it sounded wacky. That's why I was asking, is he talking about dead bodies? No, they didn't die. Okay, so he's just saying they whoops. Yeah, well, they were running up his stairs, so they got a little spray with the BBs, Mm -hmm. and then he just saw feet in the air and saw them going. And he got a kick out of that. Oh, yeah. I like that he is still keeping a sense of humor through all this, it seems. Oh, yeah, when he was telling the story, he was joyful about a lot of it. It's like he's... I wonder if they would have let him be if he would have been just sad. That I think he liked the fight. He's like, it keeps oh, me going. Yeah. <laughs> Your haters are what keep you going sometimes. Mm-hmm. Doctors were busy for weeks healing the men's wounds. Even with that response, Streeter was attacked time and again by roving bands of hired muscle sent to throw him off his land. He never intended to kill any of his attackers, just scare them off. In the meantime, he had appointed officers to his newly formed government and created governmental buildings, saying, One of my outhouses was converted into a temple of justice. <laughs> Brilliant. Funny. Brilliant. One of our temples of justice was converted to an outhouse. Bam! That was a good joke. That was a good joke. That was a good joke. I like to think I do some of my best work in my temple yeah. of justice, so... First of all, we have to start calling the bathroom the temple of justice. Yes. That is, yeah, 100%. Done. Done. That's Done. what we say. But if you can turn that into an... Again, he's ahead of the game. Yes. This is before anyone put a phone in their bathroom. Right? I remember my best friend in elementary school, her parents had a full-on rotary phone on the back of their toilet in their bathroom. <laughs> and I was always like, this is so fucking cool. You can just be on the toilet and make a phone call. <laughs> and now, as an adult, I'm like, why did they have that in there? Yeah, no, yeah. But I'm like, dang. But also smart, because you're like, I don't know. At the did time, you- I was like, they're so fancy. They have a phone on their toilets. You can't call your own house, so you'd have to call like a neighbor and say, can you call back and tell the spouse that I'm stuck on the toilet because I can't call in there and they can't hear me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're like, every time you try to hang it up, you're also accidentally flushing. There's so much. You got to get a table or something. And that... one day, that toilet is going to end up in the toilet. It just is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
the thinking back on that, especially it's on a cord. There's Drop Dookie that Flex. in there. There's yeah, Dookie Flakes. <laughs> Dookie Flex. Not a cereal anyone should eat. <laughs> that was a that was long sustained Leanne laugh. That was a classic Leanne laugh. Thank you, Leanne. I love you. Leanne laughs at my jokes more than anybody else, and I thank her for it often. Because a lot of times no one else will laugh, and I'm like, thank you, Leanne, because that was funny. <laughs> These two assholes, important Tommy and Heather, didn't laugh. It's not 90% No, Heather laughs at all of my jokes, too. <laughs> Tommy. You trigger my asthma sometimes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, not. <laughs> I don't want She's to. like, good. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not laughing near t- to death, then you're not laughing hard enough at my jokes. She's like, do you want to breathe? <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. From Amazon Music, I Hear Fear is a new anthology series of suspenseful stories hosted by Carrie Mulligan. These stories are inspired by true events in real places, so the next sound you hear could be your own scream. In each episode of I Hear Fear, you'll be treated to a new psychological thriller, a forest monster who lures teens into the woods and never lets them return. A line of beauty products that takes the search for youth to dark extremes and an EDM party that turns deadly when the DJ takes over more than just the dance floor. These may sound like urban legends, but I Hear Fear proves that the scariest stories of all are the ones that are true. I Hear Fear will introduce immersive horror and lead you straight into the heart of darkness. Prepare to be taken on a journey into the unknown. And for Prime members, listen to the Amazon Music exclusive podcast, I Hear Fear, in the Amazon Music app. Download the app today. During the winter of 1902, Streeter claimed that a notorious outlaw named John Kirk was brought to Chicago by millionaires to rid Streeterville of its namesake once and for all. Kirk came to the land late one night and began shooting into the homes of two of its residents, two men by the name of McManners and Holky. The pair returned fire, and Streeter watched from the weeds near his home several yards away as Kirk and his crew retreated from the homeowner's defensive shots. I don't know that it's true, but I pretend that their names were because of their personalities. Oh, so he's like, okay. I know we gotta shoot him tonight, but I please can we talk about this first? Like he's really McManners is nice, polite. He's polite. Hulky's like, (laughs) yeah, I see that. Yeah, I think so. After Kirk retreated, Streeter witnessed a certain lawyer, accompanied by a disreputable detective, pass by and secrete themselves in the weeds not far from me. They took deliberate aim at the party, which was firing on McManners and Hulky. They blazed away. The shots killed the outlaw, John Kirk. I... Captain Streeter was just laying in the weeds watching the shit go down. (laughs) (laughs) The whole version of the... He's just like, I was in the weeds. I looked over. But it's pretty significant that he looks over and he sees a detective that he recognizes working with a shady lawyer and that they are assassinating this outlaw that they lured to town. So to me, this is very much a round table of villains like... This will solve everyone's problems. Mm-hmm. We'll get John Cook to come down. We wanted to kill him anyway. We send him out there. You go shoot him. We blame it on them. It the show like, writes itself. God, there's so it. much good drama. This is how Lynn Manuel Miranda must have felt when he picked up 
Hamilton. Chad Hamilton book in that airport. He just saw it all. It was a vision. This is what's happening up here. You're witnessing history. We will put this on Broadway one day. Although the shots were fired by a disreputable detective and a sneaky lawyer, McManners and Hokey were arrested for the crime. Streeter headed to the police station to see if he could help, and he was also arrested as an accessory to murder. The frame job worked. McManners, Hokey, and Streeter were tried for murder and convicted on what the cat called an abundance of perjury and false testimony. They were all sentenced to serve time at Joliet. Yeah, he felt uh, probably pretty foolish having to go try to help his buds because as soon as he walked in the police station, they put him under yeah. arrest. And you're not even doing anything. No, he was trying to be helpful and he because he knew he had seen who actually did pull the trigger. And so I think he wanted to go down there and try to clear things up. But They're in their back pockets. They're all working together. They were all working together mm-hmm. and it should surprise none of us that he was beefing with the Chicago people. Mm-hmm. They were stoked to see him and that they immediately put handcuffs on him and we're not like, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We're here. Absolutely. It was like, got him. Yeah, <laughs> finally. He did so many firsts, including wrongful conviction. Right. Another first of his. While behind bars, Streeter obtained the services of a new lawyer, a black man by the name of Anderson, who succeeded where all the other lawyers had failed. The attorney presented arguments for Streeter's release. With force and much ability. Because of Anderson's efforts, Streeter was acquitted and released from jail. Not wanting to face Anderson in the two other cases, the judge released McManners and Hulky as well. Yeah, that was such a good job by Streeter's appellate attorney, who went through all the evidence, found conflicting, you know, issues in people's statements where they were all clearly lying, and argued so voraciously that the state attorney and the judge conferred and said all the evidence we used to convict him was the evidence we used to convict them. It's all bullshit. It's so facto, one of my top three favorite things to say, and I just got to say it. So. Mm-hmm. It was also significant that he was a black lawyer. Yeah, absolutely. This was 1902, mm-hmm. and he said he wanted the best, and again, he was, at, for the time, when you hear about his rants and raves, he seemed singularly focused on hating the wealthy fat cats. He loved fat cats and this sort of corrupt system, and he made a lot of these comments that you hear in liberation movements of like we all have to band together Mm -hmm. they're trying to attack me they're trying to attack the people working at the slaughterhouses they're trying to attack the folks that are doing construction downtown we all got to band together and so he had this sanders (laughs) with Mm -hmm. with a big old mustache (laughs) the acquittal was welcome but came too late sadly in 1904 just before his release the captain's beloved wife maria died in the district of lake michigan I know. According to Streeter, she died of a broken heart. Other sources say that she fell off a trolley. (laughs) Maybe Maybe she fell because her heart broke and then she (laughs) fell over. Yes, yes. Hopefully that order and that the trolley didn't break the heart. Break her heart. Because it can. A trolley is rough. Trolleys are rough. Also, or you can get your heart broken on a trolley like when... (laughs) When Heather was broken up with on a trolley. On Lakeshore Drive. On Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> it all, I can talk about this because we talk about it a lot, oh, yeah. including last night. Yes. And I know that she and that guy fucked up so bad. <laughs> so, uh, also, I don't think your heart was broken. Cause nah, it worked out. It was, yeah. At the yeah. time, though, you know, when you don't have an automobile... 
and, and your only mode of transportation is the trolley that you're on, and the person driving the trolley is like, this isn't, I don't think this is working out. And you're like, man, oh no, we're breaking up. But also, the trolley barn is real far from the CTA. And this was before Uber and Lyft existed. And I'm like, oh, I never have cash. Back then, the cab drivers would holler at you if you didn't have any cash, which gave me cab nervousness when we were leaving O'Hare. I was like, they're going to yell at us for using a credit card. And Tommy's like, I've never once given a taxi driver cash. It's like, look. But I got down to the trolley barn, and then he drove me back to my apartment in his Volvo. And it was... Oh, wow. my whole asshole clenches when you tell that. <laughs> it's so awkward. Did you talk on the ride home? Oh, probably not. Did you? Were you crying? No, I think I was just like, oh, no, I God. hit rock bottom. Fun <laughs> fact. You had a realization? You had an existential crisis on the ride there? I didn't hit rock bottom on that trolley. It was a good solid 10 more years. Um, and then you hit rock bottom? No, I hit rock bottom, and then I just climbed my way back What was up. rock bottom? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like I've heard a rock bottom story, but I don't know what it is. But if getting broken up with on a trolley isn't rock bottom, I'm curious. Was it when you got broken up with behind a dumpster? No, that was fine. That was hilarious. That was what funny. about over Twitter? That was great. That was actually, that was the first... That was an upswing. Yes. Like a VH1 behind the music. It's like the the origin story, the rise to yes. stardom, and then Crash. it crashes. But uh, Twitter breakup was like the rise to stardom. Now we're getting here. <laughs> we're still here. This hasn't come. Hopefully. No, no. I'm. It's a rocket ship to the moon. But what was your uh, what was your broken without moment? revealing too much? It involved. A in-room jacuzzi at the MGM Grand. You told me the story the other night, so I do know the story. A lot of body hair that wasn't mine. What'd you say? Body hair and what? That wasn't mine. Oh. And then staring out the window at the Hooters Casino neon sign. Sounds just like a dream date. Wishing a tornado would come and shoot through the window and kill me. And it didn't. I don't know that they have tornadoes in Las Vegas, but I wish that they did. They probably have earthquakes. You mean, you could have wished for an earthquake. I wish it just rolled over and just right in the face. Um, and, if it didn't. and so after that, I was like, oh, no, my life's bad. But you I know what? The thing about rock bottom is you can only go up from there. And I was like, I got to go to law school now. <laughs> that worked out. It did work out. We all benefit all the time from your legal knowledge. So it, you say all the time, you went to law school to become a comedian. That's right. So it was an expensive way to get there. Most people don't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to then go and make no money. Yeah. Right. Oh, did I tell you the other day that SMU sent a survey out and was like, "Tell us what job you're doing." And I was like, hey, "They better put that in the front page of that newsletter they're sending out." They don't. If you hide, they hide that. Such a bitches. Where's you put? Uh, doing funnies. Not put comedians. Nice, <laughs> nice. Despite his best attempts, Streeter was eventually ousted from the district once and for all. Chicago Title and Trust Company obtained the rights to the land in court and conducted a raid, ridding the once great district of its residents and its leader. 
With his empire taken from him, Streeter had to make a living somehow. He turned to selling hot dogs on the streets of Chicago, according to WBEZ. Everyone acts like that's sad. I think that's great. Free I think it's awesome. Now, you're, now you got free hot dogs all the time. On demand. Anytime you want. That's the magic of a Probably don't make a lot of money, though. I would not be a good hot dog cart operator because I would eat all my products and <laughs> I would not make any profit. He also remarried a woman named Elma. By then, he and his new wife moved further out to Indiana and the once populous residents of their district all went their separate ways. Freaking man, got him down. They finally got him. He put up a good fight, though. He really did. Yeah, they, uh, he was also getting a lot older, you know, and he, I mean. It's hard to lift chamber pots up over your head (laughs) when you're older. He was, when all this started, he was in his 50s, and he fought for about 30 years. So, he was, to be, you know, in your 80s in the early 1900s, you were Fueled by rage that wouldn't let you die. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, they rage and trash. My wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On January 21st, ni- 24th, 1921, Captain Streeter died of pneumonia at age 84. According to Chicago Public Media, both the mayor of Chicago and multiple real estate investors who had taken over his former home all attended his funeral. But the burial of Captain Streeter would not be the last that the Chicago neighbors would hear of him. Indeed, rumor has it the captain's last words were a curse on the area, according to Weird Chicago. Y'all know I relate to him. <laughs> last words you mutter are going to be a curse on your enemies forever. I also, I wish, and it didn't happen, but I wish that he had rigged his coffin to just shoot like a tiny little like. Like, just enough to be, like, like a glitter explosion or something. Just enough to be irritating mm-hmm. and not actually hurt anyone. But also be like, gotcha, like, one last time. Because you know, after all the bullshit, which I'm behind, by the way, love his bullshit, as a person who is a purveyor of fine bullshit, very into the bullshit. But after, fine wine. Oh, yeah. And the, after putting all the city through the bullshit, you know the mayor was like, I'm about to make sure. There's some funerals you go to to just make sure they're dead, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. We've all been there. None of, they, none of these people were there to pay their respects. No. They were there to see he's dead, right? He's going in the ground? All right. Okay, we're good? All right. We're good? Yeah. Even with her husband dead, Elma Streeter continued the fight. The land they once claimed ownership had increased in value exponentially. At the time of Cap's death, it was worth an estimated $300,000, or $5.8 million in today's money. With that much cash at stake, other possible Streeter heirs and family members came forward as well, all wanting their piece of the pie. Elma sued for a billion dollars. <laughs> but eventually all litigation was dismissed. A billion I go, Heather, what is that in today? She goes, I don't know, a gajillion? Like <laughs> A billion dollars back then? If you took a billion dollars and punched it into like Excel, get the zero key and just keep mashing until your finger goes dead. And that's how much it was worth in today's money. Like, Golly. But I appreciate that. She's like, a billion. Yeah, I said a billion. You heard me. You heard me. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's not 
a crazy estimate of damages for what was taken from them. Shoot your shot. You, you never know. Right now, this land is like the Mag Mile and it's Navy Pier. It's where the Hancock Towers, it goes all the way up to Oak She was Street. looking ahead. Down, oh, yeah. What it could become. I think anything that rich people are clamoring to get a hold of, you're like, hang on a minute. I got something. You know, they always try to lowball offer you mm-hmm. or they come to your house and they get a freaking face full of chamber dookie. <laughs> And so I think she knew that it was valuable. And as much as she tried to fight for it, though, she just couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, you just ran out of money. She ran out of energy. It started getting older as well. But I think a billion dollars is not too far off. Because I like it. you think of the multi, multi millions of dollars of property and then all the revenue that generates. Mm-hmm. I also, where were these people when Streeter, where were these relatives when he was like, hey, does everybody want to come live on my land? They're like, no you crazy uncle. And now they're like, I want a piece of that pie. No. Nope. What's that movie with Michael J. Fox? Multiplicity. Nope, that's not it. That is... <laughs> Michael King. Michael King. Different Michael. There's your two different Man, Michaels. last night, I was like... <laughs> we just kept talking about movies where everybody plays all the parts. Oh, yeah. I was like, we should watch Jack and Jill. He plays both the parts. <laughs> and they were like, we know, and we're not watching it. <laughs> Instead, we watched what I'm going to go ahead and say is one of my, the top three worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and it is called, I, got, I can't mess it up, so hold say, on, we got to get the title exactly right. This is how you know your branding for your movie is good, because you're like, I got to look it up. I know what the words are, but I can't recall the order. If I'm not mistaken, it was called The Man Who, The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then The Bigfoot. Yeah! Yes. Y'all have seen it? Someone cheered. Somebody cheered for... Okay, we can all agree. Sam Elliott's a legend. He's an icon. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just I just caught a photo of him, which I looked at for a long time last night as well. He plays Cap Streeter in our sitcom. Yes, he does. Okay. We're going to have to film this soon. Because what... He's doing his fine. age. He's is he? Okay. Fine. All right. Look at that man. He's he looked this fucked. old forever. <laughs> oh, for sure he fucked. Yeah. His hair. 100%. How he old is he? You want a mustache? Oh, yeah. Yes. He's 77. Not for me, but somebody. He's fucking somebody. I'm not going to say it's not for me. Oh, I don't know. Look at that hat. He's already dressed like He him. looks like Cap Streeter in that photo. Yeah. This one? Yes, that, that right one's here. the best one. This he's hair. got like a, he's like a he's daddy like a, in that one. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what is a grandpa daddy? A grizzaddy? Yeah, <laughs> a grizzaddy. He does have grizzaddy vibes. Yes, for sure. You're right though. He's been hold on for a second. What's the sign for grizzaddy? <laughs> like it's the same. It would be the same as a gilf, like a grandpa. I want to fuck. What? However you do gilf. Yeah. Should it be like? I want a bug. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, we're all running We also, we upstairs, we go. Well, can we ask you some questions? What? How do you sign sex? Oh, there's and, a lot of different ways. Uh, well, there's different ways. There's this, and then it was Alyssa, correct? Alyssa, um, and then Alyssa said, "Well, and then there's." Is it this? Way? <laughs> 
Christy's doing sex? This, this, this is gay sex. Okay. And then what is another sex? Missionary was... Missionary is this. Missionary, missionary. I'll say the word and then you sign it. Okay, missionary, doggy style. <laughs> this is why ASL needs to be taught in every school. Yes, this is why. At least, at least doggy everybody's style. life is better for knowing that this is doggy style. Yes. yes. All right. When you go home tonight, yes. you look at your partner and you just go. And you know what? Words don't even have to be exchanged. And they're like, this is yes. And so they just go. Yep. Yeah. Fuck yeah. God. What a day. Anyway, just got a big ass picture of Sam Elliott on my screen. Yeah, he's got fuck me eyes in that picture too. 100%. He does. He does. Well, according to Weird Chicago, Captain Streeter's last words were a curse on the area. Nothing much came of the curse until the John Hancock Tower's construction was completed in 1969. The 100-story building has been home to its share of tragedies throughout the years. Just two years after completion, a woman named Lorraine Kowalski fell to her death, breaking through the building's ultra-strong window from the 90th floor. Her boyfriend, Marshall Berlin, claimed she jumped, but the glass was constructed to withstand 280 pounds of pressure per square inch. Breaking through it would have taken an enormous feat of strength. In any event, Berlin was never charged in her death. This has Ellen Greenberg vibes. Yeah, it's it. Her based on her height and her weight, she wouldn't have cracked the glass. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah. The Hancock Tower was famously the home of beloved comedian Chris Farley. On December eighteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, his body was discovered in his apartment, where he had died of a drug overdose. Millions of fans were heartbroken, and his family and his comedy world suffered a huge loss. In 2018, an elevator in the building fell 84 floors before stopping automatically and trapping six people inside. Luckily, no one was killed, but one of the terrified victims told USA Today, I believe we were going to die. Fuck, of course you did. (laughs) The fact that you were able to say that quote is a miracle. Yes. This is, we both were like, this is ta- how Tower of Terror was yes, born. It's real life. It's a real life Tower of Terror. And the fact that she had time to stop and talk to the USA Today reporter before cleaning the shit out of her pants. <laughs> she's a hero. And yeah. she should be remembered as a hero. I mean, she's still alive, I think. I don't know. We don't keep in touch, but. 2018, there's a good chance. Uh, another show. Six strangers picked to live in an elevator that's falling 84 floors. With these tragedies, some have speculated that Streeter's curse has lasted to this day. However, with a building so large and a city so populous, terrible things are bound to happen. That hasn't stopped those interested in the paranormal from being drawn to the building's possibly dark energy. Ursula Bilski, owner owner of Chicago Hauntings, told the website DNA Info of the Hancock. Without a doubt, it is one of the most haunted places in Chicago. It is one of the most enigmatic places I have encountered in 25 years. This could be linked with the building's trapezoid shape, 
which Church of Satan founder Anton LaVey called. Oh, man. <laughs> Whatever you think this is about to sound like, that's what it's going to sound like. <laughs> Do it. Do it. We all know what Anton LaVey, I mean, we can all Google what he sounds like. We didn't, but we're going to uh, interpret what we think he sounds like. This is when uh, ADHD Heather, weeks ago, was like, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to listen to him speak, and I'm going to do an impression of him on stage. And I didn't write it down. Do? And I was like, I'll remember. I'll remember. And I remembered uh, eight seconds ago when Christy said, Church of Satan founder Anton LaVey. Okay, here's what we do. You do your impression. Then we're going to look up a YouTube video where he speaks and see how close you got. Okay. (laughs) This is a good idea. A brooding spectacle with its twin devil horns that its history is grim to me is quite understandable. Don't... Okay, now we gotta look it up. While you're looking that up, I'll continue. Despite rumors that LeVay was born in or near the building, journalists from Chicago now determined that that was unfounded. There is one confirmed curse in the building. According to its official website... Spiders grow bigger, much bigger, this high up. We would show you some photos, but we don't want you having nightmares. Sorry if you live in the building. <laughs> Does anyone here live in this building? No. But no, <laughs> yeah, we didn't know about the spiders until just now. Is Oprah in this building? It's always oh, been so it's real. Hey, I don't know everybody that didn't in here. I Oprah could be here. Oprah <laughs> is here. <laughs> Don't bother her. She doesn't want to be bothered tonight. She but she in. is here. She's incognito. Y'all didn't see her. She came in after the lights went out. Mm-hmm. And then we'll leave before they come up. Yep. She was here. But she's she here. Loved it. Yes. She, she go, and then later she's going to DM and be like, yes, Christy, the spiders are huge. And I'll be like, you were there, Oprah. I knew it. I'm going to manifest this. Our- this is also the last place on earth Tommy will live. Because he's scared of spiders. So if there's a place where they grow bigger than average-sized spiders, also last night, as we were watching this terrible movie, Leanne had been gone for like 10 minutes. And I was like, where's Leanne? And then she walks in with a water bottle and she goes, hey, I have to go downstairs because I just captured this spider and I have to let it out on the sidewalk. (laughs) Yeah. It was very sweet. I've never fallen in love with Leanne more than when I threw a Halloween party at my house and she was gone for an inordinate amount of time and then I can't, you know you put that shitty cobweb you get up uh, for Halloween outside and a dragonfly had caught himself in the little web and she was just easily letting it out and then Paris went out there, we had just been dating like six months and he's like, I'll get some scissors and we can get it up together and they were just crouched together like saving a dragonfly and I was like, so lucky. (laughs) I'm gonna go put out the Doritos, you guys. You guys Meanwhile, there's a spider in the corner like, you bitch. (laughs) You taking my dragonflies. Yeah, that spider's real jealous. But then that spider's like, damn, that's a good idea. Where do I get some of that party city webbing? (laughs) Those things will capture anything. Why make it when you can buy it? No, you should make it. If Captain Streeter taught us anything, make it. Yes. (laughs) Make it yourself. Why? Are we we ready? we have Anton. Okay, we have... You're not that far off. It's freezing. There's a lot of buffering. Into a, a productive 
is a like formulator and organizer. Mm. He is in front of a bookshelf. Of I course. was too enthusiastic. He's, <laughs> he's dressed in a black turtleneck with a wine-colored blazer and a lot of jewelry. Okay, now and that he I is know. bald. Now that I know better, can I redo it? Will yeah. you team me up? Team me up. Oh, uh, yes. Let me. Uh, where where was the where was it? Hold on. <laughs> Stay in character. Don't break. I'm going to find it. Okay, here, I found it. This could be linked with the building's trapezoid shape, which Church of Satan founder Anton LaVey called the brooding spectacle with its twin devil horns that its history is grim to me. is quite understandable. Nailed it. I'm not, I'll, I'll probably forget if I, next time, I'll say next time I'll be prepared, but probably. It's, <laughs> I think it's nice we all got to see that live. Yes, that's my method, by the way, is watch a YouTube video and just be like, I'm gonna try to talk about this guy. <laughs> well, curse or not, Streeter's legacy lives on. In 2010, Chicago artist Dennis Downs created a bronze statue of the captain and his dog, Spot which stands at the corner of Grand and McClurg in the area of the former district. The neighborhood that bears his name has morphed into a beautiful, bustling lakefront area. The site is a thriving area of the Windy City, home to Northwestern University's medical school and law school, in addition to shops, apartments, and world-class restaurants. This next part, when Heather wrote it earlier in the hotel room, she goes, I'm getting emotional. I cried when I read it. Uh... Because she'll admit it, Chicago's her favorite city. More than Dallas. Dallas. I don't disagree. I also prefer this city to to Dallas as well. So I love my hometown, and I love it for the festering hellhole that it is. And I'll die there. I'll die in Texas trying to save it for the rest of us. Because I'll be goddamn if I let some old man take my state from me. Come and take it from me. Anyway. As I was leaving to come here, I told Paris, you know, Chicago is one of my top two favorite cities. And he goes, oh, Chicago and Dallas? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, so which one's number one? And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> Don't make me say it. And he was like, say it. I was, uh, say you'd love it more. Uh, I was wearing a Beto for Texas shirt yesterday. And I can't tell you the number of people that stopped me on the street to discuss this. Uh, and one of them, we got to talking, and she was so lovely. She came to the show last night. Her name's Debbie, Diamond Debbie. If you need jewels in, in Chicago, go to Diamond Debbie. She's great. But she just said, she looked at me, and this is how the conversation started. I love you. And I said, thank you. She goes, are you, are you from Texas? I said, yeah, I'm from Dallas. She goes, you, can you move here? And I was like, that was fast. This escalated quickly. She's like, we need people like you. You, I know y'all got to get Abbott out. And what's crazy is that I don't know about politicians in other cities, but our governor sucks so much shit that people that don't even live in Texas know how much shit he sucks. The shit sucker be heard around the world. It's, it's crazy. I'm sure. And then, so then we talked to Debbie. She's lovely. She convinced me, you got to get a summer home in Chicago and a winter home in Dallas. So that way we get, it's all good. Then Tommy and I are FaceTiming our children on the street. And it's clear that I'm talking. And out of nowhere, this woman appears next to me and she just goes, you think he's got a chance? And I'm like, 
hold on. What? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I hope so. And then Heather Clutch stepped in. She goes, come here, I'll talk to you about politics. She's on the phone with her kid. And then, uh, and again, there, she goes, I donate. I don't even live there, but I'm donating. So I got on the plane yesterday. Oh, yeah. Some Somebody goes, like, yeah, like your shirt. I don't even live there. And I was like, God, everybody, thank you. <laughs> we need it. We need it. Yeah, we need all the help we can get. But I do, as much as I love Sweet Home Texas, I very much love Sweet Home Chicago. I mean, I was, as we were driving from O'Hare, I was just like, <laughs> just, I stole a coffee mug from that Waffle House it was right there. I hopped. I hopped. 94, you know, on the north side of my map room. Yes. I still have it in my house today. And that's, I mean, stealing cupware was like the cool thing in, in college. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. As one of the most visited areas of Chicago, the land Streeter created sees millions of visitors every year. Though he never benefited financially, his name and legacy live on in the neighborhood that bears his name. His tenacity, showmanship, and resilience put him among Chicago's most revered figures in a city that once rose, this is where she got emotional. <laughs> in a city that once rose like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> Characters like Streeter show that the true spirit of Chicago is not in buildings that can be torn down, but in its residents who make this the greatest city on earth. Yeah. Love this song. God damn, I love this guy. Yeah. Well, so what do we think? What do we not think? <laughs> we love Cap Streeter. Obsessed with the captain. He was very progressive for his he time. He was, uh, I mean, he was still an old white man in the 1800s. 1900s, so he wasn't perfect. But as good as you can get for that, if he, you just, you, get, you gotta adjust the metrics mm -hmm. and be like... He didn't do these things. Let's pick and choose <laughs> our battles. Like you go like, God, when we because I've I've loved this story since I was a tour guide, and I was like, Oh man, when we go to Chicago, we gotta do Cap Streeter. He's wild. And then I was like, I don't know enough about him. I know he fought in the Civil War, and I was like, Please be Union. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, He's from Michigan. He's from over here. So that was lucky. So yeah, looking through, we're like coming through. We're like, Oh, please don't be terrible. I mean, he. I think he was vilified by mm -hmm. the very people that he railed against. Mm -hmm. You know, I the agree. fat cats and everything. And they really tried to paint him as this rapscallion who stole land, when ironically, they were the land stealers. And he was the land creator. He was the land generator. So I think that was a kind of a shift in my perspective of it because when you hear it early on it's like this squatter came in and brought all these gross people I'm like or did a man take a bunch of garbage that you guys are probably going to throw in the water anyway throw in that river <laughs> he, along with all the meat they did and so he and this was pre river flipping days mm -hmm. and so he I think took a bunch of garbage and built something up that gave houses to people that didn't have houses before or could were upcycled he did he upcycled all of the melted nails and bullshit mm -hmm. from the fire so but i think for a long time the prevailing narrative the controlling narrative was that he was this dirty squatter and when you look into it he really i think he was kind of cutting edge like you said mm -hmm. he recycled before other people recycled he wanted to make sure everybody had a place to live i mean he would sell them plots of land, but he wasn't selling them for multi-millions of dollars. Yeah, he so, was, yeah. was garnering Affordable housing. Yeah. Maria, ride or die. Fuck Get yes. you a partner that will 
dumps shit on a cop's head that's trying to break into your house. Wrongfully. Yes, yes. like trying to wrongfully rush the staircase. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck a bunch of that. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And she was home alone. And she was, like the movie. <gasps> Whoa. That was very Macaulay Culkin of her. Yes, absolutely. We're doing mm-hmm. it. We're taking this episode. We're going to adapt it into a series. <laughs> You were all here for it. Yeah. Um, but seriously, it I think it's a, it's a super compelling story because they loved each other. He had, and it's funny, it was not his only wife because, you know, he married Elma later. Mm-hmm. And he had married a woman before that. She ran off and joined Vaudeville. She couldn't say no to the show. You can't say no to Vaudeville. But you know what? Then he found the, you know, the one true love ready to boil people's faces for him. And I hope that's what you all have at your wedding tomorrow. Put in your vows. I hope you have chamber pot love. I wish you chamber pot love in your marriage. Yeah, well, uh, if you've been to a live show, this is the end of our episode, but you know it's not the end of our show because we do a little bit called Judge Christie that we do on our Patreon. Is anyone here a Patreon member? Thank you all so much. Well, then you're familiar with this. If you're not, this is my travel gavel. <laughs> this is my bailiff. She has a badge. Uh, my jurisdiction is global. My rulings are final and not there. You can't appeal them. And uh, I specialize in all sorts of everything. Everything is it can be brought to my court. But what we're looking for are petty grievances. The only rule is no bummers. And Heather will get us started with kind of what, what we do. And then in a minute, we'll ask you to yell out, I have a grievance. Somebody will bring you a mic. Tell us in just a couple sentences what it is. And if we need more info from you, we'll, we'll ask you some questions. And then we rule on it. That's right. Heather, what is your grievance this evening? Today, I'm bringing a case, Your Honor, on behalf of myself and similarly situated individuals who are worriers. Okay. About time. This feels good. Of things. I feel free. Right? It's amazing. It's, it's, I'm cut loose, baby. Damn. No more mic stands. Uh, but as a worrier and a person with something I've learned is called time anxiety. Oh, what's that? Where I worry so much about how long things take and how I'm going to fit it all in or be there early or how many minutes it takes, like counting back. Turns out some people are just loose. They're like, I got to be there at noon. I don't know. I'll figure it out. And I'm like, okay, if I have to be there at noon, I need five. I actually need to be there at 1155. And if I'm there at 1155, that means I have to park. It's going to take me about 10 minutes to park. So then I have to leave it. I mean, it's just that like. That just sounds like you're a planner. But like it's obsessive. Yeah. So, yeah. So then if I do have something later in the day, I won't be able to do it well or at all because I'll be like, oh, well, I have something at noon and it's 9 yes, a.m. I feel so this. I better do nothing until then. Yeah. We, uh, if I may real quick, please, please, I thought please, of something please. that I we both very much relate to. Uh, I believe in a Q&A or something that we did live on Patreon Someone asked, if you could, would you want to know when you were going to die? And someone in the chat said, just this. Like, I can't do something at 3 in the afternoon. If I, or, you know, if I know I have to do something at 3 in the afternoon, I can't do anything until that. If I knew when I was going to die, be like, I'm sorry, I can't come to your party in five years because I'm dying in ten. So, you know, like, it would just fuck everything up for you. Our anniversary party, our 20th is next year. It's like... I don't know if I can do that. No, no. So I get it. I get what you're saying. I think my grievance is that I think all meetings should be 
either really, really early in the day or really, really late in the day. I don't know. Not I, like midnight, but I think you should do like 7 a.m. No, or 5 p.m. Like 8 or, or 9 a.m. Like 8 or 9 a.m. Like whenever work starts or... That's not when my work no, starts. No, my work starts at like 11. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> or uh, it goes until 2 a.m. And I don't think anyone's to be on a call then. At, or at like 2.30. So you're not keeping people too late. But that way I would still have, I'm thinking in terms of like planning my day, if I wake up at 9, as soon as it's 2.30, I would do other stuff. Yeah, I have a certain cutoff that if it's late enough in the afternoon, I can do things, I feel okay doing things in the morning. But if it's too early, I'm locked in and I just have to like sit and wait for that to happen. And singularly focus. Do yeah. you think it's okay for me to refuse to do things at like midday because it stresses I mean, me out? You can do whatever you want. You're an adult. <laughs> Well, they yeah. got in Atlanta I will say, please don't. I'm. I no, will not I rule on eight a.m. meetings. No, I'm nobody not. wants that. No, nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody on this stage. Can I? This. May I make an amendment? Please. What if we just made them all emails and nobody had to go? There you go. That was so <laughs> because I have had a lot of jobs that sucked. And I had to go to a lot of shitty meetings, and every single one of them, I was like, "Why? Nobody wants to be here. Nobody needs to be here. Conference what calls? are we doing? Yeah. Conference calls? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> no, wait. And especially when you're muted, it's like, what? I, do you just want somebody to listen to you talk? Do you just want me to sit here and scroll Instagram while you talk? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Even if I'm on camera, it's down here. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows. We all do it. We are, we just don't tune in with video. Yeah, we're all doing other shit. Sure. Uh, so I'm gonna say. No more meetings at any time of the day. They're all emails. And then that would that help you with your time? Because then you can do, like, you're not waiting around for anything. I can you got do your phone. You can do it on the road. You can do whatever, whenever you want. On the chamber pot. You could be in your, what was it? Something it's of justice. Temple of justice. Your temple of justice. <laughs> doing your, your meetings. Yeah. Do, at, at Navy Pier, when I worked there, I used to call the... If you go upstairs at the Ferris wheel and hang a right around where they do the performances of the circus and everything up there, there's a bathroom back there, and I used to call it my office. <laughs> and I would be like, to the newer people wouldn't know, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to my office. And they were like, oh, okay. And I guess they thought it was such a small ticket booth that I had an office somewhere, and I did. I just shit into that office. Uh, but it was great. I spent a lot of time up there. No one so, questions it. I could be gone forever. Could, if every meeting was an email, I could work in my yeah. office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Final ruling. Thank you. All meetings are through email and um, up to you if you want to join. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Do you see her power? Do you see her power? I'm, I'm drunk with power right now. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of what we're looking for. So if you have a grievance, shout out. I have a grievance. I have a grievance. I heard up care. here first. And just let us know your name and pronouns, please. Uh, my, my name is Starling. Hi, Hello. Starling. Hi. Um, my pronouns, I guess, right now are am I don't know. I'm in drag. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Hold the mic just a little bit closer to your mouth. Okay. There you go. Perfect. There we go. Perfect. Okay. So I have a very brief grievance and I okay. have an update on a grievance, a previous grievance, if you would like that. You've submitted a grievance at another live show? Oh, yes. In San Antonio. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Then yes. 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 Okay. Wait a second. Is this about the coffee? Yes. <gasps> I remember this. Okay. I remember this. Yes. So, okay, my very brief grievance. I'm yes. so sorry, Heather. It's with you. Oh, this is a first. We have a first. 
Oh, I always thought it'd be with me first, honestly. I'm shocked right now. As a, Shit. I'll just say, as a person who constantly thinks everybody's mad at me, this is my worst. <laughs> it's not that bad. Okay, good. Okay. She's, my grief has a very fragile ego, so, so fragile. please be careful. <laughs> you can be like, I don't think a comic should go there. I'm like, I don't think you love me anymore. Okay, please, right, please darling, me. what is your grievance? My grievance is that, and and I'm I'm really putting a target on my back here because we're on the north side. But a couple of days ago <laughs> on Instagram, oh, no. you were wearing a Cubs hat. I was, and oh. I'm aware. I'm I, I'm not going to take Cubs fandom away from you, but I'm hoping that you don't have too much skin in that game because it is a personal tragedy to me that you were wearing a Cubs hat. No, I'll tell you who I love is the Texas Rangers because our pitcher John Gray is a ghost hunter. So <laughs> call me when your pitcher is a ghost hunter. Um, we're going to talk, talk about him tomorrow in Milwaukee. Here's the deal on the Cubs and the Sox. I also have a Sox hat. Okay. I don't know You gotta where wear it one is. this way and one well, that way. I gotta do Sherlock Holmes style. I forget. Yeah. It's somewhere in the move. I don't know. And the Cubs hat, it fell out of the top of the closet as I was getting things to pack. And I was like, oh, this is That's great. A sign. Uh, but today I was wearing the Cubs hat and I was wearing a shirt with the Chicago flag on it. And I said I look like I work for the Chicago Convention and Visitors Bureau. <laughs> but I was like, City, what can I do with? And Christy had an awesome outfit too. I did not mean to dress like a ghost hunter, but I absolutely looked like one. I had on black Nikes, black yoga pants, a black shirt with white writing on it, and a black hat that said witch across it. And then the shirt was a Resurrection Mary shirt from Chess Melody Lounge. And I just walked in. I go, I know I look like a ghost hunter, but let's just, let's go. Because we were all hungry. And uh, then I said, this was a mistake because it was hot. It was hot as balls. And I was very hot walking Uh, around. No, and you said, do I look like a ghost hunter? I said, you look like a person who professionally researches ghosts, which is what you are. (laughs) So I said, lean into it. Um, But I will say... Yes, it is. Uh, I like the hat. It's a nice color scheme. <laughs> the extent to my Cubs knowledge is that today in the, the hotel room, Christy and Leanne and I, we, Christy and I were kind of lounging around working on work stuff, and uh, we got to talking about the Cubs, and we're like, let's look at the roster, and we just talked about which ones we wanted to bang. So, <laughs> Tommy, Tommy was standing right there. It's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. Now we yeah. didn't go and bang the whole team. <laughs> but we were talking about it. So that is the extent of my fandom. So. Okay. Yeah, please so forgive. I, I have found a way to tip the scales a little bit then. If you have both a Cubs hat and a Sox hat, I have found a way to tip the scales. So I, what I just want to give something? you this. Do you have a Sox hat? Oh, shit. Or is this a homemade oh, thing? Oh, oh, it's not homemade. It's not homemade. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What is Thank this? You. It's a sock shirt. Uh-oh. Is this? Are we? Oh. Goodness. Goodness. What? What? What is? Is Are we in Cubs territory? Yes, we Okay. All right. Okay. I get real nervous uh, about talking about the wrong sports team. But who here likes the socks? Where's the where is the literal line in the city drawn? Everywhere. 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 Just, you, you don't know what you're getting. It's just everything's inner. See, because like most people in Dallas, Fort Worth, 
surrounding areas are Rangers fans. Then if you get into like Houston, that's where your Astro fans start. But usually most people around us, we know what we're dealing with. Yeah, everybody's pretty much Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. have to be. You kind of don't have a choice. Here it's like the Wrigley Field is north side. The Sox Park is on the south side. Is Comiskey Park? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Sweet. Uh, so, uh, final ruling: you gotta uh, represent. We've learned now when we go to cities, we gotta represent both teams if there's uh, a rival. So, bam, we will do that from now on. That's a ruling to ourselves. Oh, and an update. What's the update on the coffee? So the update on the coffee. Oh wait, can may I explain what this was? If if memory serves me correctly. Your partner, who I think you just pointed to, is here. <laughs> I don't think you were at the San Antonio show. No. That's right. Because we called you perverse. <laughs> for what's about to happen. I, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but comedy shows, because I'm very present for them, I remember things like this. So the uh, grievance was your partner has a huge, like, big gulp size coffee mug they use and when they go and fill up their coffee in the kitchen they do it one cup at a time and then go back and drink it and then go back instead of just putting like six cups of coffee in your thing and you thought this was ridiculous okay so kind of the the grievance was that no matter what size mug Mm -hmm. he puts coffee in he always puts about eight to ten ounces yeah regardless of the size of the mug okay okay yeah. So even if it was a giant mug, yes. it treats it like it's a single mug. Right, because gotcha. that's one serving. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Okay. Because so, he was concerned about coffee temperature. No, we no? determined that that was not the case. That's oh, right. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't know an answer. He's here now. Can we get an answer? Well, the people want to know, and that's yes. me. I'm the people. It has, the situation has resolved itself. Okay, we're okay. not going to get. He's not backing down on this. But, but yes, here. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm correct in this. Uh, <laughs> what anyone state that disagrees, your case? I'm going to find the biggest mug I can get and fill it to the brim and make you drink the whole thing. Oh, nice. Cold punishment? Right then, okay. Oh, so is this so you can, like, control your tummy? Yeah, I mean, just in general, you know, yeah. if you drink too much caffeine, you're, like, raging through the day, so... That's how I live know, my life. You're like, yeah, it's the only way I exist. Different size mugs. I don't want to... I don't, like, pay attention to which one I grab, so I just, you know... Give so it you want to be able to control the dosing that you have yeah. of coffee. Yeah. Okay, all right. So how has this resolved itself? Okay, for Christmas, I got him a mocha pot and some very fancy espresso cups, and this set him off on... A uh, rabbit hole. Because espressos are like this big, right? Yes. You yes. still putting eight to ten ounces in that bitch? <laughs> now you're overflowing all over the counter. You're stretching it. But um, this this set him off on a deep, deep rabbit hole of coffee preparation. And at this mm. point, he is like weighing out beans for each individual cup. Wow. You're in deep. Yes. You're in deep. deep. He's treating distilled water with minerals meant to optimize the flavor of coffee. So my love. Yes. <laughs> this happens in my house. Okay. Yeah. So we were just talking about my this. My husband is a bean aficionado now in the coffee espresso. He's like, what elevation was this? Whatever. When was this roasted? What date was it roasted on? And I'm like, I don't know. And he was like, putting tabs of shit in the water. And I'm like, yeah. just, I got a Keurig. You just want the diarrhea hot shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, no. 
dismiss. <laughs> it is maddening. Yeah. However, well, mm-hmm. I will say the coffee is so transcendently good. Whoa. Transcendent. Transcendently good. It is so amazing that I no longer feel I have the right to complain about how Wow. Good. You nice. bested her. Gosh. Wow. Amazing. Well, you were right. You were correct. And uh, we're all wrong, I guess. The trick is... You just do something that's so good that then your partner can't argue with you. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's resolved itself. And uh, thank you for coming to two shows yes, now. Thank you for coming on very shirt. opposite areas of the world and for the the sock shirt. So, uh, final. What was the what was the grievance? The grievance. The grievance was just the existence of that Cubs hat on her. Head. Oh yeah. And when, we will we'll start representing all teams when we get when we travel. So final. Like, Thank you. Uh, who else has a grievance? Oh, I see a hand back there. Just keep your hand up and they'll bring you the mic. Please. And your name and pronouns whenever you get it. Do you want me to stand? Or? That's up to you. You know what? Do you feel like standing? Yeah, then really sit. Sit if you want to sit. Stand if you want to stand. Okay. Um, Did you just say you had a wedgie? <laughs> we have a mic, so we all heard it. So, yeah. You got to take it. <laughs> yeah, because it's a difference up here. Everybody hears that you have a wedgie. Oh, like it. I mean, I just bark. <laughs> also, everyone heard that you like shit a bag. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I understood. If that was supposed to be a burn, it was not. Let me just say, I just want to say, I know that. And uh, every day of my life, at least 20 people talk about it to me and probably even more amongst themselves. So, it is my legacy, and I've come to accept that. I could. Cure cancer. Nobody would give a shit. It's just the fact that I shit in a bag in my car. If you guys don't know this, what's shit in a bag? What's that sign? Shit in a bag. What's shit? Shit in a bag? That shit? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, okay. What I I was going to say, Your Honor, if I may... Oh, everybody in this room has shit themselves. Yep. Everybody. And if you say you haven't, you're a liar. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I will say, how many of you shit in yourselves... Has been people have been like, I had a bad day and I wanted to think about you <laughs> shitting your pants. Nobody. You know how many people do that to this girl? <laughs> wow. Wow. So you're doing you're doing good work. You're Some doing work people, people get jerked off to <laughs> their stories. I get just uh, oh, no. I don't uh, yeah, I get laughed at for my for my stories. So and also jerked also off. Also jerked off to them. <laughs> Somebody j- has jerked off to that story. Uh, if my vision board it has come true, they have. But anyways, what is your grievance? Um, I'm Yvonne, she, her. Uh, my what is it? Get into the mic. Okay. What's your oh, name? D- Devin? Yvonne. Yvonne. I, she, I was her. totally off. Okay. Uh, my grievance is with my husband, who's with me today. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hello, husband. Um, it has to do with our um, Temple of Justice. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I'm glad that's catching on. It's a good call. That's great. Mm-hmm. So... Long story short, um, when he is going number two, mm-hmm. he won't let me in the bathroom. Yes, he <laughs> should not. Okay, well, that was ruled because, look, here, I'm an only child. I grew up with, like, door open, like, half, like, look, look. I don't think there's a correlation between those two things you just said. Listen, uh, no, I don't. I, look. 
Because you grew up not having to shut the door? Like, yes. It's, yes. It's, you know, it rained last Thursday, so I went to the Denny's and then took my top off. And he was like, what? We went, Yeah. I think the argument would be, I you're not accustomed. You didn't grow up, like, needing privacy. Is that what you're saying? So yes, it's it's no, a foreign no, idea to you? No. Okay. I understand it. My issue is when we're trying to get ready, and we're in a rush, and he has to go, and then I need to, like, get ready in the bathroom, because we have one bathroom, one toilet. What is the... Is there a division, like, a no. half wall? So you just want to be standing at the sink. <laughs> Doing your mascara while he's shitting next to you? Look, I was a- Sir, I am sorry. This is an abomination. This should never be allowed. No, I figured it was either like a yes or no. I'm going to just bring it back to there's dookie flex in the air. Because that's what a fart is, is when you blow air out your ass past what they say but putting one past the submarine or something somebody calls that a while back I don't know that but also I've learned a lot of sayings in the past 48 hours and yeah. I, don't, I didn't know about that's what smells are is particles I think it's science so I was a CNA so like I've smelled it I've seen it I've cleaned it but I don't, I don't think this is about you only child this is why when you have siblings, you're like, you know what? Sometimes it's not about me. I don't think, and if, sir, if you would like the microphone, you're, you're welcome to it. I'm going to guess it's less that he's trying to make your life difficult and more that he just doesn't want to drop a deuce in front of other people, which I think, round of applause, is that we all agree. Great. Fantastic. And also, this will save your relationship because some things are to be a mystery. Nobody knows this, and I'm not going to show or tell anybody but you guys. But when I shit, I look like. I do a lean back. I got a lean back going. You got. If there's a wall in front of me, even better. It's great. But my uh, lover. Paris doesn't need to see that or think of it, and I will never let him watch the video of the show uh, because of that. Because yeah, I don't want to get it to work. Uh, but when you, we got a squatty potty in our bathroom. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, so my knees are always up I in my chest. Back. I don't need Tommy in there. I'm looking forward. at that. I go back. I do go back. Well, go now back. that I got He's the back. squatty potty, my knees are where they're supposed to be. But I'm always. I got my phone, so I got a whole. My legs used to fall asleep, so I get the squatty potty. <laughs> helps with circulation. I love when we're getting ready to go do a show and you're chitting in the bathroom and you're I know you're on TikTok because it'll just be like song, song, song. <laughs> like, new song, new song, new song. And then usually I, notification because like, I've just sent it to her. That's <laughs> <I'm like>, great. <laughs> From the outside, yeah, it's great. Which is another reason. Private time. Yeah, it's not just about the pooping. It's about the, the experience of whatever your routine and ritual is, we all have them. You grab your phone, you're like, I'm about to get some quiet time mm-hmm. for myself. Solitude. It's like when you have a roommate and you know they're not going to be there when you get home. Yes. And then you get home and then they're there. If you it. are like, I got a good grumpy going. Yes. And I, isn't that what we learned there, Paul? Yeah, you grumpies. Do you want to lay out a grumpy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll lay out a grumpy. You got to. 
You don't want somebody else in the room killing no. your vibe. No, it does kill the vibe. It, it does kills kill your vibe. vibe. Don't do it. Final ruling, never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever. Private bathroom forever. Forever and ever. Forever. Especially if there's no, like, toilet, maybe you're a half wall. We have a water Or closet. some you have, like, another door yes. to the, then maybe. But we not don't. if it's just one thing. We don't even do that because we have the bathroom with the shower and the sink and then a little door where, the, I call it, the dumping closet. <laughs> But it's like about, yeah, it's about to But it has its own it. little door? Yeah, it has its own door, but I still, I go double door lock. Because oh, one time damn, I did it. No one's and getting through there. One time, Paris was like, and just like came in, and I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I've learned now I lock both doors. So if, I, if my legs fall asleep, I gotta stay in there until they come back. No one can save me. Yep. Done it many times. Done it many times. Who else has a grievance? Oh, I saw a hand right here. And a lovely tie. Thank you so much. That's the third compliment I've gotten. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Translator, one from server. Thank Look you. At that. You're so welcome. If I may preface this saying I'm a death care professional. Awesome. Uh, and I don't hate the elderly. <laughs> I love whatever's about to happen. What a lead into this. And what is your name and pronouns also? Uh, my name is Chandler. Chandler. My pronouns are they them. I think you all know Bomarie West. Oh, oh yes. no, Bomarie. Yes. We're huge fans. So, yes, Bomarie was with them at DC yes. Dallas. So we're from Dallas. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I love the hype, though. That is a Thank good part you. of yeah, the hype. Um, is there anyone here that's also a funeral professional? No, 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 I won't get fired. Do you um, usually? Yeah. I would say, do you usually get yeses when you ask that? <laughs> Anybody else here do funerals? Funerals <laughs> <laughs> with bodies. Surprisingly, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, people yeah. see me and think I For like sure. to dress like this. Did you just come from work? I, I did. So you're not, this would not be your chosen attire had you not. You look spiffy though. No. You do. You're very spiffy. You look like if I needed to bury a loved one, I'd come to you. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. So it's so refreshing to see the face of a 12 year old. Uh, no. <laughs> you know who's the best. At- <laughs> Fine. But you're Ryan not you're continue. not breaking the news yeah, about yeah, yeah, the yeah. death. But, but they're gone by the time no, they get to. But everybody wants it's a child to sell them a casket, so perfect. that's fun. Get, yes, sales, but perfect segue. Yes, um, go on. They're dead when they get to me. Correct. So the owner of the uh, funeral home that I work for is uh, older mm-hmm. and won't let go of the business, not mm-hmm. of life. Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Treading lightly. Go on. He's 85. Okay. You know, one of his eyes is dead, leaking. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm You're so doing sorry. great. You're, doing great. <laughs> You're describing a ghoul that owns this. And if I walked in and I was trying to bury a loved one and this comes out, I'm like, oh! Like sorry about your God. It's like a haunted house. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're like, are you from the grave? I know a thing or two about death. Did you come up from the grave? I'd be taking yours. That's why they have me at the door. That's yes. why they have the opposite. They went 14. Precisely. Yes. So I am Full of life. Um, in school. I'm studying mortuary science. I'm very passionate about the field that I'm in. Yes. Um, as you can tell, stop sighing. Um, <laughs> uh, my grievance is is with the owner of the company. Mm-hmm. You know, again, 
really not letting go of the business. He owns 52% of it. Mm. He comes in on Tuesdays and Thursdays to scan papers, eat the same Chinese food, and complain about his wife. And fucking stink at the office. Listen, that's my grievance. That's, so the Chinese food is a grievance? Wait, no, actually. No, I caught it. I'm used to be a server. Um, <laughs> he, he, he does uh, leak in some ways, and I mean, it's hard, it is hard to do. I'm, I'm trying to boost myself here. He, he, I, I have to clean up after him. So that's, that. That is not what I thought we were talking about. No, no. I thought you were talking about his eye. His ass leaks? Yeah, no, the eye was my segue into the ass. Okay, I didn't get from eye to ass, that's my bad. I was so on eye. I'm sorry. Okay. I handle this terribly. Now things make any other grievance. Here is okay. Let's just a quick summary. You're you work for a ghoul that shits his pants regularly. Yes. And you have to clean up while you're trying to bury people. Okay. And what is your grievance? That he comes. If this sounds like a normal job. That you should have zero problems with. You should be happy you have a job in this economy. Am I wrong? What? Who better person to teach you about the dead than a dead person? That's well, true. That is true. That is true. Here's my thing, though. They can't help it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his son owns the other 48% of the company. Oh. He's, yeah. You looking for, like, family drama? You want the son to, like, oust his dad? No, I want him to clean up his shit. Oh! Okay. <laughs> question. That, that makes more sense. Where does he leave the streaks? <laughs> like, chairs? Talking the hallway? Like, My is place. it... What's... How down, down... The, or do you have tile floors? Or carpet? You can't have carpet in a funeral home. Oh. I think you only have carpet in a funeral home. What about the formaldehyde? Oh, well, I'm is not talking about where the bodies right? are. I mean, like, out in the main area. Oh, that's true, yeah. I'm trying to cozy it up. Yeah, I'll let you guys figure <laughs> decide before I say... No, we have both. Okay. Yeah. Look at that. Cool. We're so, both right, which is what correct. we like. But, you know, like, we have wood bottom wood bottom shoes so wood bottom shoes is that like fat bottom girls <laughs> wood bottom shoes is like cool. clogs you wear, they, they wear clogs they clack you can hear me I yeah no so it streaks is what I'm saying it doesn't matter oh so you right gotta now. well you're in danger cause you could just slip and fall you got a slip and fall situation at this time Mario Kart it like a banana peel yeah you yeah. like a person slipping on a regular banana peel you don't have to be Mario Kart so, have you ever spoken to the son about that this should be his responsibility because he's related to him? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. Dude. <laughs> Whoa! No, sorry, sorry. No, we, that's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> that's fine. So, do you does the does the ghoul know? Does the gentleman know that he's he's leaking? He's he's aware. So he knows and he's like. like have fun with that one, and then wanders off. Yes. Fuck that noise. Why? If he if he's aware, can he not clean it up himself? He he chooses not to. Like I, whenever I pick up his Chinese food, I have to set out the scissors, the big scissors for his uh, sweet and sour packets. Okay. And the oh, yeah. hard metal. Those are hard silver. to get open, though. You know what I mean? Like it's I, it's a I conscious decision, that. and like for him, it's. Like, oh, this is my territory, and these are my people. Mm-hmm. And they... Well, he is the owner. I don't like the attitude, though. And he's he should, a... he should be grateful for the help that he gets. I will say, some... like, who wipes his ass? You know? 
Dang, that's true. I would. Can I say I have a solution? No, nope, thank you. Please. You gotta change the Chinese food. <laughs> that's what it is. Don't if you don't. He should be getting like I don't know an entire block of cheese. It'll block you yeah. up. Yeah, he'll never just pump him up. Probably get. Hey, probably today I, t- I talked to men to collectors and enchiladas, so I don't know what the hell. Y'all, is you're the pro- y'all are part of the problem. You, have to you gotta, you gotta. It's like gremlins. We know what not to feed them. We know what's gonna happen. Treat your boss the same way as a gremlin. Yeah, you gotta be like, Baby. treat this ghoul like a gremlin. <laughs> Get him the food that's gonna just stop him right up. Stop just it up. Bind him up. Okay. Bind him up. Yes, bind him up. That's it. And also, probably talk to the son about it. You know, that might be, uh, it's awkward, but so is cleaning up shit when you're at work. Yeah, so, I'm a big fan no, of just, uh, just letting the train run down the tracks and watch what happens. It's just like, <laughs> he leaves the dookie streak and you don't clean it. What later is he gonna be like, who shat upon this ottoman? And it was like, you, man, you were there. You shat upon the ottoman. And you shall be the one to clean it. So well, I think you're all uh, in the old timies when you work there. It's a ghoul. He's 85. He's an 85-year-old ghoul. He probably yeah. talks like an old timey. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of whistles and the S's. Oh, uh, yeah. I say, I say. Get uh, him a yeah. pop filter and just. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was thinking like you could get a pop filter and like put it on the chain, and then you know because they were like on a little thing, and it was real stupid. That's why I stopped talking. <laughs> I mean, like he always jokes about being very near death, and that it's a short trip. Okay. He's got his since. I mean, he's maybe you know, just so. he's got a foot in the grave already. Maybe just let him ride this one out because he's he's knocking on the door. Yeah, no, I think if he is the type of person that would. Uh, shit in a professional setting and leave it and he's 85 he's not gonna not do that when he's 86 so um, you just gotta figure out how to navigate it he's going to the grave doing that yeah oh yeah yeah you're You're not gonna change it I think you either have to accept it or look for a different job noted thank you yes yes you're welcome final ruling we got time for one more oh I saw a hand over here go up first Hello, what is your name and pronouns? Liz, she, her, also Liz from Dallas. Oh, oh shout out. Um, second best city. city. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the second best now city. Now who's the second city? <laughs> Whoa. Okay, I love it. Um, if y'all haven't done the Graceland Cemetery tour here, here in Chicago, you should do that. We have um, not. I haven't. Have you? Uh, no. Okay. Unrelated to my grievance, just a wreck. Okay, I like so, that. Thank you. Um, I work, so... At my job, no women worked there until last year. What is your job? Can you say? I'm a firefighter in the suburbs. Okay. Nice. Well, that's amazing. Um, Thank you for that. So before my, there's like two other women now who work there with me. But before that, the women's bathroom and locker room was just whoever needed to violate the Geneva Conventions with their asshole. <laughs> locker room. So, if one of us isn't on shift, right, we work every third day, so it is possible for everybody working at one of the firehouses on a whole day to be guys. Um, And sometimes I have come to work and found evidence in the toilet in my locker room. Ah. Oh, so you get your own locker room. Yeah. But when you're not there, they're taking advantage of the bathroom. Yes. And you know they're going to designate that to be the shit in the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Things are happening in there when I'm not there. Yeah. So, 
am I with, I'm not sure if I'm just being sensitive because like I'm not there. I'm not, nobody's like hogging the bathroom while mm-hmm. I'm working there. So are they within their rights to use the women's bathroom if there are no women working there that day? Or, and I regret to inform you, there is no middle ground. Am I within my rights to booby trap the toilet? <laughs> wow. How bad is it? Like, do they leave things, uh, flakes? Who knew that we'd be talking <laughs> about streaks? I know, I'm sorry. Shit so much tonight. Man. Probably yeah. everybody that came to the show. Wow. <laughs> So they, they leave streaks. They leave streaks. Yeah. I think if they're going to use it, they got to clean up after themselves. Yeah. I think this is just but like I think that when in any bathroom. Yes. Yeah. If I, I will flush a toilet in the public stall so many times yeah. to help to help things out. I will have flushed this toilet. It's still there. And, you you know, you have to wait for the tank to fill up in some places. How are we in 2022 and that's still something Come we have on. to deal with? Come with chains getting hung and whatnot. And the, figure it out. The mechanism should be automatic. Yeah, cars didn't drive themselves. We should be able to figure this out. We should have toilets that can flush themselves. We do. <laughs> uh, well, I think that, yeah, you're right. They should, you gotta put, don't, no, Heather, don't tell What them. is it? You gotta put up a sign. Oh, the sign. Did Heather you know? Heather loves a sign. Did you know before I left on this trip, I left three different post-it notes on three different doors in the house with instructions on how they should be. For Paris? Yeah. It's a, yeah what, a like, on how what should be? Well, the back door says, leave this closed. <laughs> Because sometimes he just leaves it open and he's like, the dogs like it. I was like, we don't have a dog door. We have a door. And it's hot as fuck. It's 101 degrees yeah, outside. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. But Paris also, we are both very hot-natured people. And yes. we like, as soon as we get into a hotel room, that bitch is getting cranked down. And Leanne's like, I guess I'll go put on my parka. She's always, and Tommy, it's it's like us versus them when it comes to the AC. Everybody knows to bring a jacket if you're going to hang with Yes, them. yeah. But Paris, the other day, because uh, Heather has a nest thermostat, she can see what it said. She's like, look at this. I haven't been gone more than 24 hours. He's got it on 77 degrees in there. <laughs> That's his comfort level. Perverse. It's unnatural. It's wrong. It's wrong. But I don't knows. understand. If mine goes above 71, I'm like, I get very upset. Like, immediately, I can, my body can sense it. I'm like, we're too hot. We yes. gotta turn it down. Yes, my I'm attitude. I'm getting angry. I, I get, get real pissy. Such a bad attitude. Pissier. Pissier. Yeah, yeah. No, I get a worse attitude. Let me say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you feel it. So I left a bunch of notes. I'm a note lever. It doesn't always go well. I'll say that. So you have to weigh the pros and the cons of the note. I've been screamed at for notes before. And you know what? I stand by what they said. So uh, it was fine. It was worth it to me. So I would say that. Maybe what do like, you want this note to say? Stop leaving shit streaks. Here's some scrubbing bubbles. There you go. Uh, or the phone stuff or whatever because it's they got it it's easy make it easy for them yeah put a cleaning thing the right there they're on the counter oh the see it is easy for them it's time for a booby trap <laughs> booby trap the pot you gotta booby trap the pot what are you do you, are you doing like saran wrap over the top no so one of my coworkers already got me and i've been meaning to ask him where he got these it was like uh it was kind of like those firecrackers that pop when you throw them on the ground. Mm-hmm. This was in the toilet? Under the seat so when you sat down. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you put it... I'm this- glad you're on a toilet. <laughs> Shit your pants. I, I thought... I would think somebody was shooting at me. Yeah. I'd die on that toilet. Or you, you think that you had... Like Elvis Presley, I would die on the toilet. 
And then y'all be like, I hope your fucking joke was worth it because now I'm dead. <laughs> it was so loud. And then I gotta go see some ghoul about a grave. <laughs> All my hearing dropped out, like Saving Private Ryan. It was it was an astonishing experience. Saving, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I don't, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a hell of a prank. For some reason, when you said a prank, a booby trap in the toilet, I don't know why, because I don't think they make these. But I thought you you're gonna get you know, you know the cartoons and they got the boxing glove on the accordion and, goes, and I thought it was gonna put one in know, the bottom and he just punches yeah, straight up. Goes, either straight up or forward. Oh. I think effective. Yikes. But I don't think they make those yet. We got cars that drive themselves and we don't have tiny fists that What's can science pop up doing with their time? Nope. Not Worthless. the important stuff. Worthless. Yeah, I think um I think you go notes, but you go real hard with the notes. Like like fifty notes in this bathroom. <laughs> so many notes. Just notes everywhere. On every door, on the seats of the on the flushers, everything. Like clean up after yourself, because I'm on to you. Cause do they know that you know? So I wasn't sure what to do, so I started just telling other guys about the person who I am pretty sure is doing this. Oh, it's doing one this. offender? I think so, yeah. So now it's like a public shaming kind of thing. Good, that's even better. Oh, wow. So you turned the whole community against you. Good job. You know what? Aha! Aha! New sign idea. Instead of, like, clean your own shit up, you gotta go in the main area where you have lunch or whatever, and then play, or hang out, you know, somewhere where the pole is. is. Wherever the the Hatton and water cooler spot is, and it says, bets on who the phantom dumper is. <laughs> and then you, like, list everybody's names, and then people can bet on who it was. They have to vote, yeah. And they then they have to vote. And then, and then there's a prize. And then, uh, yeah, you then can that decide what that is. Knows to clean their streaks. Yeah, yeah. public shaming is usually That's the way, the way to go to get and people to change. it's a fun game. It's camaraderie. You it is. It's a fun game. You get a prize at the end. Yeah. Everybody loves a prize. Uh, you cool with that? Yeah. There we go. Perfect. And, uh, and much like the coffee, we'd love an update after. Please you know, let us know how it goes. Yes. And if you find one of those tiny fists that pops up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you all so Thank much. You all have been a wonderful crowd. Uh, Zanies has been so great to us last night and tonight, so please be great to them. If you're a VIP, just stay seated. They're going to tell you what to do. If not, if this is the end of your night, thank you so much for coming to what we both consider the greatest city on earth. Uh, we've had a, a blast here. And whether you're a Sox fan or a Cubs fan, go Rangers. <laughs> um, as always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you all so much. Thank you. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinister Head sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the rolling the airwaves and getting into it tiers, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. And patrons in the getting into it tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month they would like to see live-streamed. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time. 
and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available, and those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit SinisterHood.com and click on Shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting SinisterHood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod, like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood, and follow us on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and on Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I am on Twitter at MCK versus the world and on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Nicole Christina. Maria Mikasivic. Millie Dawson. Cynthia Reed. Lindsay C. Anya. Ashley Cosgrove. Susan Garrett. Louise Huey. JMG887. Amy Phillips. Lauren Edwards. Sarah Brotheran. Amanda. And Kate. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We sincerely appreciate it. We could not do this without you. We hope you pronounce your names correctly. We love you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Wah-ha-ha-ha. Sin